Welcome into April's Long Memorial Stadium here on this great cold fall Saturday afternoon for football. And what a day of football is going to be here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. We have got the Turkey Bowl, the 132nd annual Turkey Bowl between the Monmouth College Fighting Scots and the Knox College Prairie Fire. Always special when these two schools get together. I'm doing great. Thanks, John. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, a little chilly out there today, a little gray skies, and it's also Senior Day as they're starting to line up to uh, recognize the seniors from Monmouth College. So we've got all kinds of things going on today, but most importantly, we've got some college football going on. We're playing football, yeah, absolutely, and, and this is a great tradition. should be a lot of fun today. 132nd uh, annual uh, game, not really years, because they played multiple times uh, per year back in the old 1920s and 1930s, but it is the 132nd game. And it feels like, if you're probably a Knox College Prairie Fire fan, it feels like the Scots have won the last 132 games in a row, but it is just the last 21 games in a row. 21 games in a row, that, that's correct. And, and, and Knox is going to have their hands full today. I'm really anxious after that tough loss last week to see how they bounce back and play today. The uh, Cincinnati rivalry was tied at 50 wins apiece and 10 ties. The Scots have ran off the last 21, so the Scots lead the series 71-50. to 50 and then 10 ties throughout the year. So uh, uh, it should be a good ball game. The Scots still mathematically alive for the Midwest Conference playoffs, and I'm going to try to break this down for you folks. This is what needs to happen for Monmouth College to uh, represent the Midwest Conference in the postseason, something they did back in 2019. Uh, I, I took a very nice trip up to Wisconsin. Scots fell in the first round of the NCAA playoffs, but it's always such a cool atmosphere just to get into the playoffs. But this is what the Scots need to have happen. They need to be in the lead at the end of every quarter today. And then uh, Lake Forest is taking on Chicago. Chicago is, uh, is tied with Monmouth, a game behind Lake Forest in the standings. So in order for the Scots to represent the Midwest Conference, the game has to be tied in at least one quarter up in Chicago between <laughs> Lake Forest and Chicago. And the Chicago has to win the other three quarters, have to, be, have to be ahead at the other three quarters. And then if that happens, it's going to come down to a three-way coin flip tomorrow. Well, and that's what you're hoping for, that coin flip. Right. You know, if you're Coach Braun, I mean, you you got a lot of things going on today. There's a lot of moving parts. Like you said, you got to win every quarter. And then I don't know if he's going to get updates on what everybody else is doing on the sidelines. I, I assume every game's ticking off about the same time. Yep, 1 o'clock, or noon today. Yep, yep, noon today. All, all Midwest Conference games starting at noon. Although, interestingly enough, as I was doing some game prep today, Ripon and Lawrence are not playing today. I don't know if what the issues are there. They're playing next week to end their season, which is kind of odd, which I'm sure you can schedule games as any time you want throughout, um, as long as you limit yourself to 10 regular season games. But oddly enough, Rippon and Lawrence are playing next week. So uh, a big one up in Chicago. We'll try to keep you folks updated uh, to see how things are going. If, if Lake Forest wins one quarter, the Scots are eliminated. So then it's just going to come down to between uh, Chicago and Lake Forest to see who wins that one head-to-head. Right, right. But the Scots got to take care of the task at hand today and not get caught up in winning every quarter, but you got to win the football game if you want to make it 22 in a row and claim that bronze turkey. Right, and, and interestingly enough, we were you and I were talking off the air, and Brent Dugan who did the game with me last week uh, when the Scots were up at Ripon. Uh, interestingly enough, the Scots opted to kick a field goal at the end of the second quarter when they could have potentially took the lead with a two-point conversion and a touchdown there at the end of the half to lead that quarter. So in uh, talking to uh, Coach Brown, he said, we're trying to win football games right now. That's that's our main focus is trying to win football games. We had to win the game. So I'm sure uh, somebody's going to say, 
hey, Lake Forest won a quarter today. Then it's just going to be all out. Let's win this football game today any way we can. Well, right. And, you know, as a coach, you can't get caught up in saying, i got to win this quarter. It might be important, and I'm sure it's important to the players and the fans, but you got to win the ball game. If you win the quarter and don't win the game, it doesn't do any good. I think probably foremost in the coaches' minds today, and definitely the players' mind, is trying to take that Browns turkey off the field for the 22nd straight time for Monmouth, and Knox trying to wrestle it away from Monmouth College. They might have already painted it red and white by now. It's been so long. Well, right. And, yeah, they might have. <laughs> I, I read through our notes earlier that it, it got refurbished back in 2017, so it, the, the turkey is looking good, uh, whoever takes it today. Uh, but this is an improved Knox ball club. It's very improved. So, you know, Monmouth can't just assume that it's going to be 22 years, uh, excuse me, 22 years running. Aaron Willits has taken over the Knox College program. He's in his first year, a former player for the, uh, for the Prairie Fire, actually a Midwest Conference, all-conference running back back in his senior year of uh, 2008. So he's uh, very familiar with this rivalry for sure. And, uh, and so is head coach Chad Braun. Chad Braun is undefeated. In this series, as an assistant coach or a head coach, he took over, or he was an assistant coach in the first year of the 21-year streak. So I asked uh, Chad Braun towards the end of the pregame interview, which you'll hear uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, you're undefeated in the uh, in the Turkey Bowl as, as with the Monmouth College Fighting Scots. He's like, don't don't even say that. Don't even talk to me. Don't, <laughs> don't even say that again. Don't bring that up. <laughs> I will come back with my talk with Chad Braun in, in 30 seconds. It's the Monmouth Farmer Home Realty pregame coaches interview. Tony Wyman and I broadcasting from the Vic West Furniture Broadcast booth, and this game is powered by the Warren County United Way. The Warren County United Way provides Warren County communities with 211, a free and confidential service that helps residents find the resources they need 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in every language spoken. We'll be back. We'll be back in 30 seconds with my pregame interview with Chad Brown. Back here at April's Long Memorial Stadium. Perfect timing as the Scots will kick off this ball game to the Knox College Prairie Fire, taken inside the 10. Pretty good return out over the 20-yard line. Out to about the 23 is where they'll stop. 24-yard line is where they'll stop. Forward progress as the 132nd Turkey Bowl is underway here at Monmouth College's April's Long Memorial Stadium. I'm Sean Temple alongside Tony Wyman. Before these uh, two offense or the offensive defense get on the field, let's get Tony's keys to the game. Brought to you by Midwest Bank, your locally owned community bank, investing in you, member FDIC. What's your keys to the game, T Dub? Well, I think Coach Braun's going to establish the ground game. Obviously, looks like some weather might be a uh, a factor today, but establish the ground game, uh, play intensive, and then don't get caught up in, in winning each quarter. Just win the game. See if you can get that twenty second consecutive turkey. Running the football has been key to the Scouts all year long. If they run the ball well, they win the ball game handily. If they don't, it's a struggle. Straight ahead, good burst up the middle for the uh, Prairie Fire on the first carry of the ball game. That is uh, running back Hunter Anderson. Anderson on the season. What's uh, what's Anderson's stats on the season? Anderson's got uh, right at 500 yards coming into this one uh, on 98 carries, so averaging about 63 yards a game for this much much improved. Nice College Prairie Fire. The Prairie Fire at 3-5. and five. They were just a couple minutes, a couple plays away from being 500 coming into this one. Lost a tough one last week. Right. They, they really did. That was a heartbreaker. And if anybody went to that game last week or, or paid attention, they, they'll know that they got beat on what? An onside kick. Had a 21 to nothing lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see what Coach Willits has in store uh, incentive-wise for his team today. Straight ahead by Anderson again. Just a couple. Out over the 20-yard, or excuse me, the 30-yard line out to the 31. That'll bring up a third and three for the Prairie Fire. First big third down of the season on the on the year. The Prairie Fire from uh, third down conversions. Uh, what are they? 37%. Not great. The Scots on third down uh, conversions. 
for the season. Do it at a uh, 39% clip, so pretty even through down-wise. Third and three, big down here for the Prairie Fire. They give straight ahead and stopped at the line of scrimmage. Maybe a short loss on the play all over at Scott's defensive line. Yeah, what a great push up front by, by the Scots. Boy, they got after it. I was really kind of thinking that Knox was going to put it in the air there. But, wow, what a bull risk by the, the, the beef up front. Loss of almost a full yard. That makes it fourth and four, so the punt team will come out onto the field. Uh, we'll take a look at the uh, starting lineups for the uh, the, the Scots defense first. Uh, across the line, Matthew McMillan, Corbett Personette, Tevin Baker, your linebackers, Reggie Willis, Evan Otto, Trey Dietrich, your defensive backs, Justin Douglas, Caleb Plattenberger, Michael Lord from Illinois West had a couple picks last week, Nick Harris and Jalen Williams. Punting for the Prairie Fire is Preston Lade. High well, off the side of his foot and out of bounds. That's not even going to get to midfield. And uh, head coach Chad Braun shaking his head. He should have had that catch. Called for the fair catch and everything <laughs> and absolutely dropped the football. <laughs> Turned around and started laughing at his team. That, yeah, that is something you do not see. <laughs> and he's getting a giggle on the sideline right now. But, yeah, he had an opportunity to fair catch that on the sideline. If I'm Nate Graham, I'm saying you are going to no longer say anything about me catching the football back there trying to catch a punt after, yeah, miss, after missing that one. You're not on special teams anymore, <laughs> coach. Scott's football, great field position at the Prairie Fire 43. Straight ahead, Devin Lawrence dancing. Finally finds a little bit of a crease. Not a bunch there, but pretty good job by Knox. So the first carry is going to get three yards. Forward progress down to the Prairie Fire 40-yard line. Your Monmouth College defense sponsored by Midwest Bank. Your defensive uh, line was also, our defensive starters was sponsored by by uh, Monmouth, your Monmouth area McDonald's. We'll get to the Monmouth offense here on after the second and seven play. At quarterback is Carter Boyer. Two receivers right, one left. Lawrence in the backfield. Boyer back to pass. Looking down the right side with no plenty of time. Ooh, almost picked off at about the 28-yard line. Good job of jumping the route there by the Prairie Fire. That was uh, looked like Kendall Ballman or maybe it could have been linebacker Daniel Rodriguez. I've seen a seven there somewhere. Yeah, first pass of the game for Carter Boyer just a tad late on that. Well, he had plenty of time. Good protection. Yeah, good protection. Yeah, absolutely. Third and seven now for the Scots. That timing will get better as this day goes on. Boyer, this time to Lawrence. Big hole up the middle. He's going to be short. That'll bring up a fourth. Ooh, boy, that spot. One of the near side officials got him about the 35. The far side officials got him at the 34. A yard doesn't seem much, but when you're faced with either a fourth and three or a fourth and two, it matters. Yeah, it's it's, it's really big, and, of course, they they got her marked at the, it looks like right at the nose at the 44, or excuse me, the 36-yard line. Fourth and three for the Scots here. The offense stays on the field, kind of in that inside the 40 no-man's line there for, for the Scots. I'd be willing to bet when, when Coach Braun attempted to kiss that putt, he already knew he was in full-down territory. <laughs> yep. Trips right, loading up the right side, and in motion is Riley Federer. A keeper by Boyer. He's got the first down, uh, down about the 30-yard line. And we kind of got a heads up before the ball game uh, from uh, Nathan Belief, the sports information director. We could possibly see Riley Federer and Carter Boyer on the field at the same time. We just did. They had Federer in motion there, and then Boyer kept it. Coach Braun wasted no time. Yeah. <laughs> first time this year we've seen both quarterbacks on it. Riley Federer is just a fantastic running quarterback from the Rockridge. Well, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This team could be very dangerous potentially with, you know, we haven't even touched on Henderson Francois. Uh, right, yeah, and, and he's uh, yeah he's been uh, he's been a little banged up. I, don't, I haven't seen if he's in uniform today or not, but he didn't play all last week after being on the depth chart. Early in the way, Boyer down the right sideline. Ooh, in the end zone is incomplete. 
pretty good toss there by Boyer, getting uh, getting some separation down there. It was Nate Graham just falls incomplete. Just a little bit out of out of uh, Graham's reach. Now they they uh, they uh, switch out Boyer, and now Federer's on the field. A lot of options for Coach. Boyer. Yeah, boy, that's 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 a good combination. Boyer can sling around, and so can Riley. Riley can sling it around too. When Boyer was hurt early, earlier in the year for a couple games, Riley did a fantastic job. He threw for about seventy percent. So. Boyer, he'll keep around the left side, trying to get to the edge. He's not going to get there. Going to be ran out of bounds and a loss on the play. Ooh, back to the 35-yard line. Ooh, that'll bring up a long third down, third and 15 for the Scots at the 35-yard line. Two, uh, uh, four down territory again, so you got two sure. chances to get your 15 yards here, but you need to get a chunk of it on this one. Yeah, and that play just didn't look good from the moment it was snapped. I mean, you're here on the short side, and... Kudos to Knox because they just strung it out. They did their assignments, get him to the sidelines. You know. Yeah, it, it, you're going to have to you're going to have to throw Riley out of that set occasionally just to keep him honest. Yeah, uh, every now and you're going to have to throw Riley out of that. Correct, set. because otherwise they're just going to sit back there and play the run. They'll, they'll stack eight in the box if they see him on the field. Boyer setting up a little bubble screen to Nate Graham at the 35, and not much more. Maybe a gain of about three. And that's going to bring up fourth and really long. Fourth and about 13 from the 30. Three-yard line. Offense, of course, is going to stay on the field again. There's no sense punting from here, and it's a little bit long for a field goal as well. The offense, let's talk about the offense here. First, uh, your starting quarterback, Carter Boyer, of course, been rotating in and out with Riley Fetter. Your uh, tight end, Dylan Bone, running back, Devin Morris today. Your wide receivers, what a fantastic set of receivers. Nathan Thornton, Nate Graham, and Jake Uraz from Farmington. Along the line is uh, Ty Jackson, Colby McCone, Derek Brown, Matt Shimko, and Ty Reeder. And we'll have to touch on some of these wide receivers as this game goes on because a couple of them are going to continue their career, it sounds like, after college. Boyer out to his right, got a man open at the – he's got the first down inside the 20. What a nice catch by Jake Urez as he looked around. He had to dive back for him. Ball was a little underthrown. He got his hand, he got his hands under that football. What a great catch by Urez. Yeah, great play. Great play. Came back to the ball, did everything like you said. A little underthrown. A big fourth down conversion by the Scots on fourth and 13. That, uh, they were 35% coming in, so that'll go up a little touch there. First and 10 from the 18, Scott, straight ahead. Boy, or, uh, Devin Lawrence going to bounce it out to the edge. Down to about the 15-yard line, gain of three, and that's about it. Gain of a couple. Bring up second and eight. Now a whole lot of room here for uh, for uh, uh, Lawrence here early on. Well, right, and... and... If Nate Graham picks up a block there, looks like he just got a chip. But if he picks up that block, that could have been Katie Bar the door on the outside. Second and eight. Two receivers left is Uraz and Graham. Rolling that way is Boyer, looking the right-handed quarterback. Finds Uraz at the nine, makes a move at the five, still on his feet. Inside the five, down to about the three-yard line, a four-yard line. First and goal to go for the Scott. Jake Uraz with another big catch on the season. What a great year, uh, Jake, having catching the football. That's his 35th catch, 36th catch, counting the uh, one before that. So his 36th catch of the year does have four touchdowns. And, and Nate Thornton as well having, having a great year. He's, he was leading the Scots coming into this one with 35 catches. First and goal to go for the Scots. They do a great job of scoring in the red zone. Up over 90%, I believe. Let me... Uh, Take a look. Yeah, they are 89% scoring touchdowns. Lawrence trying to get to the edge. He is in for the score. Scott's take the lead here in the Turkey Bowl. The 132nd Turkey Bowl. 
Lawrence in from four yards out. Scott's lead, 6 nothing. What a great cutback. Oh, my goodness. That just made the whole play. Started out on the left side, nothing there. Quick move to the right, in for the touchdown. Very impressive. It is so good to see a healthy Devin Lawrence on the field. He struggled through the first probably five games being kind of in and out of the lineup with, with some uh, you know, lingering hamstring injury and, and uh, now needed more than ever with Henderson Francois a little banged up as well. I haven't seen Francois at all. At all, the extra point is good. So following the Robert Thompson trucking touchdown for all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs, call Robert Thompson trucking at 768-2697. up in Scots with 739 to go first quarter. We'll be back here on AM 1330, FM 94.1, WRAM. Following the Scots' four-yard touchdown run by Devin Lawrence, a kickoff by Cody Zelk is short at about the 16-yard line. And that's into the wind, too. I'm not sure if they're a little, little hesitant of the Knox return team, but a decent return out over the 30, 33-yard line. Good field was a good uh, good starting position for the Prairie Fire here. Now, it's, it's odd, kicking out with the wind. With the wind, yeah. Maybe, I can't tell if that's a crosswind, or is that kind of a, a combination crosswind and then uh, with the wind there, going from right to left on your uh, radio dial, anyway. Regardless, at least we're away from it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we're out of the wind. We're out of the wind. <laughs> First and 10 for the Prairie Fire. Punted the ball away, their first possession. The Scots take it down the field with the lead. That was a Farm King kickoff. The family stole it more since 1959. And trying to get to the edge is the quarterback, Cale Williams. Gain of about three out over the 35-yard line to the 36. Not much more there. Look at the Knox College starting lineup. Cale Williams, a quarterback. Fullback Hunter Anderson, running back Derek Jackson, and also T.J. Nails. Wide receivers Ethan Rolf-Jones, Grant Graham. Your your offensive line for the Prairie Fire, Tristan O'Connor, Creed Justice, Keegan Hodges at center, Jacob Lezis, and Andrew Winkler. Second and seven for Williams. Out of the wing back, in motion is the right wing. Now back to pass is Williams for the first time under pressure. Walks it up down the middle. Got a man open. Yeah, inside the 40-yard line. That was a nice little pass. Great way. Uh, great job of Williams keeping that play alive. Yeah, Kill did a fantastic job. I was looking for the, the laundry on the field because I thought he was very close to the line of scrimmage. But but what a what a great, calm composure uh, by Mr. Williams there to find the receiver down the field. And he led him. It was a great toss. First down, Knox is going to set up from the – about the 34-yard line of the Scots. Yeah, 30, yeah, 38, yeah, 30, yeah, 30, excuse me, yeah, 33 yard. Yep, you're right, you're right. 33-yard line inside Scots territory for the first time. It's a prairie fire. Straight ahead is Anderson. And when you look at your stats here, you can you can tell that Knox doesn't throw it a lot. No, yeah, they they got uh, new head coach Aaron Willis has has, uh, has brought uh, has brought this wing wing uh, offense back with him when he played back when he was a prairie fire running back. Yeah, just 633 yards on the season for Kale Williams. So that was a nice play. You, sometimes you have got to tip your hat. Three-yard gain on first down by Anderson brings up a second and seven, just inside the 30-yard line of the Scots. Scots lead seven up, and then we talked about in the pregame, they have to lead every quarter to at least stand a chance and uh, to win the conference on the tiebreaker. Anderson again, a couple yards there, down to about the 28. 28-yard line is where they'll mark him down third and five. So this is actually with 5.25 to go. This is a big series here for the Scots defense. they got to keep the Prairie Fire out of the end zone 
I mean, they do have a chance to score, I guess, when they get the ball back, but they'd have to go quick. they got to win all four quarters if, they, if they're going to do anything with this tiebreaker. It'll be third and uh, what looks like about four and a half, five yards, short five, long four. Williams under center. Wing left and right. In motion is the left wing. The pitch on the turf picked up, but a loss of a couple on the play picked up by the running back. That was uh, Derek Jackson, but a loss on the play. That's a big, big uh, defensive play there by the Scots. Good penetration. Right, yeah, good penetration. We knew they were in four-down territory, and we're going to see that here. But, uh, well, when that ball went on the turf, you kind of had to hold your breath a little bit. <laughs> Fourth and seven for Knox now, under, well, under four and a half minutes to play first quarter. Scott's lead 7 nothing. Williams brings the offense to the line. I think if you was Coach Brown, you'd just be tickled to death if you saw the field goal team on the field right now. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Back to pass is Williams. Looking over the middle. Almost picked off and falls incomplete. Uh, defensive back for the Scots had a shot at it. That's Caleb Plattenberger. And then once it got past Plattenberger, I thought maybe the Prairie Fire receiver might be able to get his, get his uh, get himself under. So the Scots offense will come on the field. They need to somehow... Uh, eat off this last four minutes and five seconds to win the first quarter here. Right. Look, looking good as far as that goes. I really thought Caleb was going to get that ball picked off, so I started thinking, is he going to be in the end zone? Is it going to be a touchback? Is he going to run it back? All that's null and void at this point, but still, Scott will set up in, in good shape. It is uh, seven up in Lake Forest leading Chicago midway through the first quarter in the other game that we're, keep, we're paying attention to. Ball's on the turf. It looks like Knox has picked it up. No. Oh, boy. Luckily. Oh, <laughs> Luckily, the Scots, <laughs> Colby McMillan fell on that, or else the Scots are in trouble again here with under four minutes to go in the first quarter. Boy, the sophomore lineman made a big play there. I don't even know how he knew the ball was on the turf. I, I, I didn't either until I seen Devin Lawrence look down at the ground. That's never good when you're running back looking no. straight down at the ground. Usually <laughs> not. Lost in the play back to the 25. It'll be second and 15 for the Scots. Boyer, back to pass. Looking over the middle. Now he looks out to his left. Complete to your ass. Another catch by Jake. That's his third one of the season, or third one of the day. The uh, former Farmington farmer catching the pass from the Illini West Charger. A little Prairie Land action going on. Prairie Land that. action. That's exactly right. That looks to me like that could be there all day. Yeah, it, soft coverage there on your I think they're, they're scared to get beat deep. But right yeah. now they're a little frightened to get beat deep. They're giving your all kinds of room. Well, yeah, that's just an up and out for Jake and, and Again, soft coverage on that far side on your ass. Only two yards to go, third and two. I just throw it out to him right now, let him make a play. Third and two, the only receiver is your ass. Straight ahead is Devin Lawrence. He's not going to get there. Maybe a gain of maybe a gain of one after the thirty-eight. Well, that'll bring out that'll bring up fourth down. So out comes the punt team. Yeah, two forty to go. I was really excited about the one-on-one coverage on the top side. Yeah, I maybe a quick slant or something like throw that. Throw out there, let him make the play. Yeah. One-on-one, I'll take my chances with uh, with your ass anytime on one-on-one. Sadison Fletcher out. Former Monmouth Roseville Titan done a really good job of putting the football when he's had the chance. He's had some, they, they had a, early in the season, they had a uh, snap problem. You and I did the Wolfberg game. We did together. the Wolfberg yeah. game, yeah. And they had all kinds of problems. Oh, good, uh, good kick there by Fletcher. It's going to get a roll inside the 30, and then it takes a Knox roll at about the 29-yard line. Look good off the foot. Kind of line drive into the wind, I think. Well, crosswind. 
Um, again, Fletcher's done a pretty good job. They, they had snapping issues early. They got that straightened out with, with the new long snapper. And then they are having trouble protecting uh, Addison. Had a couple blocks punt, or a couple punts blocked there in the mid part of the season. But when he has gotten the foot on the football, he's done a pretty good job. Yeah, I've been impressed. I came away impressed in the Wartburg game. Uh, and that was our first football action after 600 and some odd days. <laughs> and the Scots played like it was 606 odd days that day. It was Wartburg. It's a pretty good program. That's yeah. a tough way to start your season. It sure is. Traveling up to Wartburg. First and 10 for Knox with 2.07 to go first quarter. They trail Monmouth 7-0. Straight ahead, Jackson. Oh, shakes off the initial tackle and gets a couple extra out to the 35. So a good gain of five yards on first down for Jackson. With under two minutes to go now. Again, we're keeping track, keeping an eye on that Lake Forest-Chicago game. Right now it is Lake Forest leading 7-0 with 4.27 to go in the first quarter. If that ends up Lake Forest leading... At the end of that first quarter, that completely locks the Scots out of out of any kind of conference championship. I think you just focus on beating the Prairie Fire and the Turkey Bowl. And I'm sure that's what they're focused yep. on anyway. Yep, you're right. And now stacked up at the line of scrimmage is Jackson. Good adjustment there by the Scots. Oh, maybe a loss of a yard back to the 34. So that will bring up a third and about six for Knox. Nothing real fancy out of Coach Willis's team so far yet, but I, I can guarantee you he told this team after that tough loss last week, four and five is a victorious season if they can get it. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And they had a game, uh, they had a game canceled their first game of the year, uh, which was winnable. So this could technically be a chance at 500, but right. a chance to get a game under 500. Yeah, and that's still a winning season uh, as far yes, as they're concerned. Yeah, get the program going in the right direction. Williams rolling right, looks back to his left, and intended for the wide receiver. Uh, that was Ethan Rolf Jones, and I was kind of waiting for some yellow hanky on the field because <laughs> Jalen Williams for the Scots was all over. I was a little concerned that he got a little handsy. Yeah. Yeah. No flag on the no play. No laundry. And not, not, a, not a whole lot of complaining there from Rolf Jones, but we haven't seen a penalty yet in this game. No, I've been waiting to give our our, uh, our referee sponsors, and we haven't seen a penalty yet. Yeah, we've got to pay the bill. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 39.6, on comes the punt team on fourth and six for the Prairie Fire. That is Preston Lane. He does all the kicking for the for, uh, four knot. It's the kick away. Nate Graham lets it bounce, and he, if there's anybody that hates to let a ball <laughs> Uh, Devin Graham would return everything if it was up to him. And he just kind of caught uh, ball bounce in front of him, bad bounce rolls inside the 30, or else he'd probably pick that up on the first bounce. He, sh- <laughs> he, he, hates, he, he hates. haunted the ball like he was ready to pick it up at any at any moment's notice. And I'm thinking as a coach, just get away from it. <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you see Nate call for a fair catch, it's almost like he's mad doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like ways his hand, yes, I'll fair catch it. He hates the fair catch footballs. So the Scots offense on the field now with 32.4 seconds left in the first quarter. They ended up punting on their last possession. Score on the first drive. Pretty good drive down the field for the Scots on the first one. Boyer over the middle. Complete at the 40-yard line. It's Nate Thornton into very fire territory. He was a shoestring tackle away from house in that one. Yeah, I thought that was six to the house. But what a great job by, by Liam Gallagher for Knox because <laughs> that's a – that's a quarter-ending touchdown right there if he doesn't grab a hold of the shoe. 
Nate Thornton has had a fantastic year as a sophomore. First year of college football versus sophomore, so he missed his freshman year of football last year, and he has really, really shown that he can play the game of football, college football. Carry inside the 40-yard line down to the 39 is that uh, Devin Pinkert. He got a bunch of carries last week for the uh, for the Scots. Pinkert from Wildwood, Florida. That'll be the final play of the first quarter. It's the Scots 7, the Knox College Prairie Fire 0, so the Scots win. Quarter number one, we'll be back here in 30 seconds on AM 1330 at the 94.1 WRAM. We'll Memorial Stadium as we begin quarter number two. The Scots win quarter number one as they're still looking at the tiebreaker. And as I look at the Lake Forest and Chicago score, it is seven nothing Lake Forest leading Chicago with 227 to go in the first quarter, and Lake Forest has the ball. Lake Forest wins that first quarter. The Scots are locked out of the tiebreaker and just try to finish this year eight and two. Excuse me, eight and one. Straight ahead, or eight and two. Yeah, they could save off to Wartburg and Chicago or Correct. Lake Forest. Yeah. Yes, they'll finish eight and two with the win here today. Pinkard straight ahead to the 38 yard line. That'll bring up a third. And we'll call it five. Third about five for Monmouth. But the Scots do have postseason to look forward to. Yeah. So. Boyer. We saw Federer out there for uh, for a snap. Ooh, almost drew the uh, defense offside. Yeah, snap it. Let me see that. Yeah. yeah. They'll back off and get a play call in from the side. If you're a lineman, start pointing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just snap it. Yeah. We have uh, we got word that Fetter and Boyer might be on the field at the same time, and we saw that one time, well, at least one play there in that first quarter. Straight ahead. Ooh, Ross stopped right at the first down marker at the 33-yard line. We'll see where they'll spot it, and if they'll move the sticks, they are going to move the sticks. And Scott Woods over there moving the sticks on the far side. <laughs> one of the part of the chain gang here for many number of years. Yeah. Alumni. Dugan and I had a, had a good time with Woody uh, a couple weeks ago watching him across the way. Yeah. Well, he enjoys it, and he does a good job. First and 10 from the 33-yard line of the Prairie Fire are the Scots. Two receivers left, one right now calmly stepping back as Boyer. Over the middle, caught. Dylan Bone, the tight end at the 30-yard line, just inside the 30. Uh, then a pickup of about three yards for Boyer. Dylan Bone, uh got all kinds of high praise from Coach Braun coming into the year and and uh for sure of college football. Dylan has put up uh yeah, ten catches. That's his eleventh catch of the season, so just kinda of getting acclimated. But he's gonna have a nice career here for Mama. Now a little bubble screen out to the left. Little wide receiver screen to Nate Graham. Inside the twenty yard line. I'm not gonna say he was out at the twenty one, oh. but well, he looked like he was going to make a nice move on that far sideline and get inside about the 15, but he sold it well. I yeah, thought, he sold I thought it. He was outside he's still going to move the sticks, but, boy, he, he tightrope for about eight yards. Oh. Unfortunately, got a, got told that he was out of bounds right around the 21, 22. First and 10. From the 22 of the Scots. Back to pass now. Boyer again throws it out to Nate Graham, this time on this side inside the 15. Finally stopped at him off the 11. Another nice gain on first down for the Scots. Yeah, that's going to be a first down. That play was set up by Jake Urez, the wide receiver, making a block. I tell you what, if he's not catching the ball, he's still staying active, and that's what I like to see. These wide receivers, and, and Coach Braun has talked about it many times on our pregame show, on how great a job his wide receivers do blocking down the field. Now, Boyer, little look-in route to Urez at the 5. Caught. 
That'll be second and short again. Scott's getting chunks of yardage here on first down. Well, they're really winning the battle up front. This line for the Scots is just manhandling Knox up to this point. I know we're in a 7 nothing game, but they've looked, I mean, Carter Boyer's got all kinds of time back there. So calm. He, I mean, he's just so calm and cool. Now, now option from Boyer, he'll keep and be pushed out of bounds at about the five short of the first down. And as I think Boyer outrun his running back. He ran in front of the running back, so there was no pitch happening there. I don't no. know if the running back was uh, maybe a maybe a late start, but Lawrence was behind Boyer. That didn't leave much room for a pitch, that's for sure. It's going to be third down now. Third and short. Third and uh, four from the five. They can get a first down before the end zone. Boyer. Straight ahead to Pinker, or is that Lawrence? The, the six and the eight get all scrunched up on me. It looked like Lawrence, but I'm... It looked like Lawrence, uh, just his mannerisms after carrying yeah. the football. I was worried that maybe the ball got put on the ground. I didn't see any beanbags come out, so... Sure, he's going to be short of the first down. So it'll be fourth and about one or two. What do they have on the board? Fourth and about three from the four. So the field goal unit comes out. Cody Zelk. On the season, what is uh, Zelk? He's done a pretty solid job. This is just not much more than an extra point. Actually, it is kind of an extra point for Cody, which he has done a pretty solid job this season. The holder is Nate Graham. Kick by Zelk is up. It's good. Zelk is good from, what are they calling it, about uh, 20 yards out, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. 10 nothing Scouts with 10.53 to go here in the second quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds here on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WREM, and RadioMama.com. Welcome back to Fighting Scouts Football here on your home for Monmouth College Football, AM 1330, FM 94.1 WREM, RadioMama.com. I'm Sean Temple alongside Tony Wyman from the Vic Voice Furniture Broadcast booth. 10.53 to go, second quarter. Kickoff by Zelk after his field goal was good. It's taken about the 15-yard line, 25-30. 35, good return there by the Prairie Fire. We'll get a number on the kick returner. Looks like that is Derek Jackson running back for the Prairie Fire. That was a Farm King kickoff. The family store with more since 1959. Zelk, 7 of 9 from field goals. Uh, hasn't been a whole lot of distance to him. 7 good field goals and as long as it was 29, but only the 7 out of 9, that's what counts. Yep, as long as you're making them. You don't get to choose the distance, so. <laughs> <laughs> On comes the Prairie Fire offense from the sideline right to the line of scrimmage. Get out of that wing offense, wing T offense. First-year head coach Aaron Willips taking over the program, trying to get his fourth win on the season. In motion is the wing, straight ahead. To the 40, maybe the 41 on forward progress. Yeah, forward progress after the 41, gain of three, second and seven. Well, Kale Williams and the Prairie Fire. Still haven't had a penalty, so I'm going to go ahead and give our referees. Usually I wait for the referees. I didn't think we'd make it this long. I didn't think so either. Referees tonight sponsored by Kehoe Eye Care in Monmouth and Gelder. Make sure you're seeing every play. Get your eyes examined regularly with Kehoe Eye Care. Been a very clean ball game. No turnovers, no penalties yet. No turnovers, no penalties, yeah. Ball was on the turf once, but pitch two. That is, uh, is that Derek Jackson? Is that three or eight? I think it's Jackson. Boy, what a great job of the Scots. No, that's uh, Trevor Gage. Loss on the play inside the 35, down to the 33. Scott's all over that pitch. Oh, yeah, Corbin Persona, he just 
it almost like somebody told him that was going to be the play. He pursued it so well for this defense. What a great job. He's a senior, so he got to walk out probably with his parents today, so good for him. What a great play. 14 sacks on the year for uh, Corbin Person, and I believe that's, I think that might break. I think that might have just broken the uh, Scots single season uh, sack record. Well, how about that? Rolling left. Rolling with his right hand, lopped up in the air, it goes incomplete, and boy, did Williams take a shot there. Corbin Personette again. Personette again. He's been everywhere. Wow. He's going to know exactly what gum Kale Williams is chewing by the time this thing is over. <laughs> All over, Kale. That'll bring out the punt team on fourth and 15. And Personette, I believe, and, and uh, I'll talk to Nate Believa, Nathan Believa on Monday morning, the SID on our, on our normal Monday morning chat, that the record he broke is Greg Bennett which is the girls' basketball coach at Lewistown, who just retired. Correct. I believe he was the former record holder here for sacks, interestingly enough. Well, I'm sure Ward will get to him at some point. Yeah, and there's, you see, you see Nate Graham call for the fair catch. He's almost mad every time he has to do it. That was not your (laughs) prototypical fair catch. It wasn't. That's a tough over-the-head play. But anyway, I was going to (laughs) say, poor Cale Williams. I, I don't read mine by any by any stretch of the imagination, but I guarantee he was thinking, where did that guy come from? <laughs> that uh, was the 35th sack for Mount of College this season. That's just a tremendous amount of sacks. They've only given up eight coming into this one. That's that's a pretty good uh, disparity there, 35 to eight. Fair catch call for Graham at the uh, 33-yard line. That's where the scouts will take over their own 33-yard line. 9-12 to go, second quarter. They Scott's lead 10 nothing. First carry out over the 35 to the 37 by Devin Lawrence. Well, it's just it's a good it's a darn good thing that, that Lawrence and, and Henderson Francois are on the uh, on the same team here because they've hardly ever been healthy at the same time, but at least the other one's been able to play when the other one has not been able to play. Right, and that's what we were talking about earlier. And of course we don't see Henderson today, but Henderson Francois had a whale of a mm. season. Second and six. Boyer looks out to his left, complete at the first down stick, and dropped by Urez. You will not see that very often. I think he was looking to run before he caught it. Got to catch that thing first. Got to catch the pigskin first, yeah. You're absolutely right. He'll make up for it at some point in this game. Would have been right at the first down stick, but with the incomplete pass, it's third and six. But through the line of scrimmage comes Boyer and the Scots. Got Lawrence in the backfield with him to his left. Two receivers right, one left. Scott's going from left to right here in the second quarter. Looking out to his left, Boyer, now he's going to run. 40, first down at the 45-yard line. Good run there by Carter Boyer. He's just so composed back there. Like uh, my, my broadcast partner, uh, Brent Dugan, said last week, Boyer, uh, we were kind of giving Boyer some grief for trying to trying to be Riley Fetter. He said oh. he probably just looked up at the booth and said, see, I can do this too. <laughs> Not, yeah. Riley's not the only one that can run from this quarterback position. But that's one thing you got to like out of Carter, though. He never panics. Straight ahead. Lord, ooh, tripped up. Had him out to 42, but falls forward to the 44. Gained it four yards for Lawrence. He's got, he's got, uh, he's starting to accrue some yards today, but they've been hard yards for Devin. Haven't had that big, uh, that pretty looking 10, 15 yard run yet, but he's had a ton of three, four, five yard carries. Not yet, but it, if they keep mm. winning this battle up front, that defense is going to get worn down. We might see something later in the game out of Devin Lawrence that breaks this whole thing wide open. Halfway through the second quarter, 7.30 on the clock. Boyer 
flares it out to Lawrence. Got some room, running room, 50, 45. Out of bounds inside the 45, so that'll be a first down for the Scots. Nice little flip out there from Boyer to to Lawrence at the 43-yard line. That'll move the sticks and need a little bit more time off this clock. If you, if you can't get him any running room between the tackles, just get him out in space. Yeah, just right out there in the flat and let your blockers lead the way. Devin Lawrence, he's a good back. Play action fake from Boyer, looking deep down the right sideline, looking for Nate Graham, up and caught by Graham. What a great catch at the five. And no flag on the push-off by Nate Graham on that. But what you a great saw that catch. Yeah, I saw that too for sure. Well, what a great catch by by, uh, by Nate Graham at the five. The pretty ball by Boyer there too. Oh, yeah, what a tremendous throw by Carter. But, uh, yeah, no handkerchiefs on the field, so it didn't happen. <laughs> you still got to make the play. Yeah, he might have just had his hands on him. Maybe maybe he didn't extend the form, but definitely the hands were on by, by, uh, by Graham on the defensive back. Little crossing route, touchdown, Scott from Boyer to, is that Jake Urez? Get a number as they're uh, mobbing the receiver in the end zone. And it is Boyer to Urez. Yeah, Urez with the catch. Well, we just said that he would do something to make up for the drop, and there it is. Scouts go up 16-0, pending this extra point by Cody Zelf. The holder is Nate Graham. Long snapper. They made a long snapper switch at the uh, beginning of the season. This is uh, David Richardson, and the kick by Zelf is good. Two for two today is Cody. So following the Robert Thompson trucking touchdown for all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs, call Robert Thompson trucking at 768-2697. It's Scott 17, Prairie Fire 0 with 622 to go second quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds. For Memorial Stadium, 622 to go second quarter. Following the touchdown pass from Boyer to Uraz, it's the Farm King kickoff. The family store with more since 1959. Kickoff a little deeper this time, back to the five. Jackson. Out over the 20-yard line, might have gotten to the 25, yeah. So the officials are going to spot the football as the offense for the Prairie Fire comes on the field. 6.15 to go, second quarter. The Scott's shutting out, knocks 17 to nothing, and checking the Chicago Lake Forest score. It is still 7 up in Lake Forest with 9.30 to go in the second quarter. So that officially eliminates the Scots from the Midwest Conference championship, eliminates them from the postseason. This will be the final game for the Scots this season and the uh, seniors, so the senior day here for the, the uh, for Monmouth. We'll talk about the seniors, run down the seniors on the roster at the half. Out comes Kale Williams in the Prairie Fire offense from his own 25. Play action, looking out to his left, floated up in the air, and oh boy, it was complete to that is Trevor Deggie, the running back, kind of out in the flat. And, boy, that, that ball was in the air. It seemed like forever, and that defensive back was bearing down on Deggie. Yeah, Nick Harris did a great job of reading that play. If he's just a tad quicker, I think we might see a pick six Ooh, there. Oh, boy. But still, still good pursuit by Nick Harris. He just floated that thing up there, and I kind of clinched up because I thought, man, poor Jackson. He is going, or Gage, he is going to take a shot here. He hung on to it, gained about five out to the 30. So second and five following the complete pass. Straight ahead, nowhere to go. Maybe half a yard for Derek Jackson, the running nurse. That is Hunter Anderson getting the carry there, the fullback for 
the Prairie Fire. Yeah, gain of one to the 31. It'll be third and four. Prairie Fire being shut out and not a ton of yards here. We have to get the, uh, hopefully get the stats here from the Monmouth College Athletic Department at the half and uh, see where the yardage is at. But, boy, I, I can't think that Knox would have any more than, I don't know, 120, 130 maybe total yards, right. if that, maybe. Yeah, if that. I mean, we don't have the official stats yet, but I would say if that. Big third down here for for Prairie Fire. They're going to get something going. Fake. Williams will keep and go nowhere. Out to the 32-yard line, and he'll be three yards short of the first down. So that'll bring up a fourth and three, and I would think, yeah, punting unit's going to come out inside their own 35-yard line. Great pursuit there by Tanner Tomoski. He kind of broke that play open. Like I said earlier, they're just they're winning the battles up front. They're setting the tone as to what Knox can do offensively, which to this point hasn't been very much. Preston Lade. Back to punt for the Prairie Fire. Deep to receive is Nate Graham standing on his own 34-yard line. We'll see Nate get a chance to carry uh, return one here. Line drive up in the air. Nate Graham will call for a fair catch to the 35, but reluctantly. That's <laughs> where the Scouts offense will come out. Oh, that one see Nate get a chance to return one. But uh, I believe Nate, uh, Nate Graham, yeah, he's a senior, so this will be his final game here on the uh, – at April's War Memorial Stadium, so see him get to return at least one. He's fun to watch. Got a little spice to his game. Well, yeah, like you said, he's, he gets frustrated if he has to call the fair catch. <laughs> I, you know, I love it because you can't make a play fair catch. Oh, and uh, as I'm watching Nate, one of the receivers going out there stepped directly on Nate's toe. So he's in the slot right now, hopping around. And it's, oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna have to take a timeout. No, they're gonna they're gonna check on Nate. Yeah, the official's gonna stop. Now they're gonna make him come out. Literally, as he was standing there uh, in the slot position, one of the receivers was, was going to his spot on the far side and stepped right on Nate's toe. <laughs> so he's got to come out of the ball game. Jalen Williams is gonna or Nick Opsing, Nick, Nick Opsing from Florida. <laughs> I thought he was gonna run on the field with his coat still on. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, like a basketball sub coming in with his with his warm up on. Yeah. Over the middle, Boyer, a little bit behind Jake here as at midfield, just behind him. Incomplete pass will make it second and 10. 3.57 to go on the second quarter clock here on a gray, cold winter-slash-fall day at April's Lone Memorial Stadium. Well, and Nate Graham's back in the ball game too. <laughs> Not so much limping anymore. It's cold if somebody steps on your foot. Straight ahead, Devin Lawrence. Finds a small crease out to the 38-yard line. Not a lot there. And up to 38-and-a-half. That'll bring up a third-and-six-and-a-half for Monmouth College. As we're under four minutes now in the second quarter. Now, how odd would it have been? Nate comes out because somebody steps on his foot. We get Nick Offsaint to go in there. What if he would have to get a 67-yard <laughs> turn? That would have been mine. Yeah. That would have been mine. <laughs> Boyer, I think he won. Oh, your ass. Was his knee on the ground? Yeah, it's a good catch after the 49, but that's where the play will stop is he had to go down to one knee to catch it. I think that was supposed to be. What a great job by Carter Boyer. I think that was supposed to go to Lawrence there on a little, maybe a little screen pass out in the flat. That was not covered, and he quickly went to a second read and just fired a strike. Well, well right, and that's kudos to the lineup. 
he went through all of his progressions there, not just the second one or the third one. Lawrence will get the carry here, still on his feet, inside the 45 of the Prairie Fire, down to the 41-yard line. Good game by Devin Lawrence. That'll bring up a second and one, and that just opens up the playbook wide on second and one. Do about anything you want here. Yeah, i got to believe we're going to see something deep here. Quickly, the line of scrimmage is no huddle off. I mean, they run no huddle, but this is quickly uh, running a play, and Lawrence will get the first down on the carry here to the near sideline. That'll move the sticks. The clock will stop. Well, it's supposed to stop while they move the stick, but it is still going. Scots have do have, Both teams have all three timeouts here at their disposal, and the Scots will use one, I think. And did they, did, was that Knox? Who did he point to? Is that Knox or Mama? Surely Mama probably took the timeout here. It is a tickets electric timeout, so we're going to step away and take a 30-second break. It is 17-0. Monmouth College leading Knox in the 132nd Turkey Bowl here on WREM. We'll be back. Back here at April's Royal Memorial Stadium, 229, following the, yeah, well, it was a Knox timeout. I thought that's the way he signaled. I don't know why Knox would take one unless they just needed to get maybe a little break here. Back to pass his Boyer. Flushed. He'll run at the 30. Ducks ahead inside the 25. That's a first down. Good run by Carter Boyer. Yeah, when the play breaks down, you just take off. That's exactly what Carter did. Set up another first down for the Fighting Scott. That, uh, now, the, now the clock did stop. Now it started back up again as they get the ball reset as uh, Scott Woods has to hustle his way down inside the 15-yard uh, line. <laughs> back to pass is Boyer looking out to his right. Picked off. Boy, threw it right in the midsection of the Prairie Fire defensive back at the 15. Right, literally right into the stomach of uh, Kendall Ballman. Our first turnover of the day as uh, Boyer must not have seen Ballman because he just he threw it right in his midsection as I'm looking at the replay over here at the booth next to us. And, yeah, he just uh, threw it right in Ballman's midsection. Oh, that's disappointing because you're driving, you're controlling the clock. We're making our way down toward halftime. Would have been a nice to put another score on there, but... And now, now Knox looks genius for taking the timeout. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, they you got know, a chance to. Uh, you just got to hunker down and play some defense here. You got two minutes left before the half. Certainly not uh, an offense that's built for the big play. So if you're the Scots, you just got to play solid here with two minutes to go. Straight ahead. Yeah, see, not a whole lot of big plays right now. I'm not sure what kind of protection Williams will get to get the receivers down. 15, 20-yard route at this point. Yeah, correct. We've seen Kale drop back a couple of times, and, and Monmouth has been ready for the challenge. I mean, they're just winning up front time and time again. 17 nothing scouts with a minute 30 to go. Clock is still moving, and Knox is huddling up, so they're not in uh, certainly not in any hurry here, which I would have thought. I mean, I'm not saying they called the timeout to get the ball back and have some time. Must, might have been another issue that they burned the timeout, but they're in no hurry here, that's for sure. Back to pass is Williams, and he's sacked at the 15-yard line. The ball, uh, ball, no, the ball wasn't on the turf, just a sack. Is that Personette again? If Personette even gets a piece of that, he's... Yeah, he's given congratulations. That's he it, that, that might have been the one. That I might have been the one. Yeah, that might have been the one that uh, is a new single-season record for... Fighting Scouts football, and anybody, yeah, he's getting a lot of hugs. That's a, that's the record right there. Congratulations, Corbin Personette. Single-season sack record. What a uh, what a year he's had. Holy cow. <clears throat> and Scouts will take the uh, timeout this time. They're going to try to get the ball back. Oh, exactly, there. That's exactly why they're taking that timeout. Coach Braun says, hey, we're not done just yet. 
Yeah, and if nothing else, you stop them here on fourth down, and they have to punt it to Nate Graham and uh, maybe give him a chance to return one. If you don't, you've still got good field position, and passing game has been working pretty well today. So, Well, if I keep running Corbin Personnet out there defensively, I like my chance. <laughs> he's out there. He's, he's in his three-point stance. He's ready to go again. And at third and 13, he's going to be pinning his ears back. No, they're not gonna. They're not gonna even try it. But they are gonna run it, Corbin. Maybe thinking he might get some, you know, a little bit too far up on the edge and try to run it right in his hole. But uh, no gain on the play. It'll be fourth. Uh, I think maybe a yard. Fourth and about twelve. Scott's take another timeout. That is their maybe have one left. The board says they have one left, unless they haven't taken it off yet. So the scouts will burn a timeout. A Tingham's Electric timeout. If you're looking for an electrician contractor that you can trust, call Tingham's Electric at 335-3034 or go to Tingham'sElectric.com. We'll keep it here with 103 to go in the second quarter till the half. The scouts lead 17 nothing. Pretty clean half here. We still we still have not seen any. No penalties, right? No yeah. penalties. Wow. It's been a clean game. We've seen the one turnover. But let's get to the bigger thing at hand here, Coach Braun is probably going to get the set-up shop close to midfield with a timeout to use and 103 on the clock. They're going to be on in attack mode. Not nearly as many penalties in that well-officiated game between the Bears and Steelers. I was really hoping you were not going to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, team on the very far. I'll change the subject here real quick. <laughs> Preston laid on the punt for Knox. Uh, Devin, or excuse me, Nate Graham standing at midfield, hoping to maybe get a shot here. Ooh, tricky snap, but kick is by away by Lade. It's going to hit at the 45, and, and Nate kind of claps his hands together like, I'm not going to get the chance to return that one either. The ball's going to roll dead at the 45. So the South offense back on the field. They do have a timeout with 53 and a half seconds. We'll see what, uh, surely, surely you, uh, but nothing else gets to try to get down the field goal range at this point. Well, right, and I think the chances of that are great, but when you've got the receivers that Coach Braun gets to try out there, you got Nate Graham. We, you know, we also talk about uh, uh, Jake Uraz. I mean, my goodness. There's plenty of time to make a play here. Boyer is out. Graham and Thornton on the far side. you got Jake Uraz, the lone receiver here on the near side, on the short side of the field. From the 45, Scott's on 45. Boyer steps up in the pocket, lobs it out, and caught. Coming back to get the football, no, they're going to say he's out of bounds. It's Jake Uraz. Wouldn't have been a huge gain on the play, but it would have been out of bounds. That's what you got to do is protect that timeout. Use the sidelines. You don't want to use the middle of the field if you don't have to, but you have that timeout, so you can. So cold that uh, the hands get all dry, so, you know, that, that maybe the whole pump fake and then, might be out of the playbook because the hand's all nice and dry. Boyer looks, rolling to his right, still looking, and throws it out of bounds. Did he get back to line of scrimmage? Yeah. Just before he got knocked out of bounds. It is third and ten from the 45 with 42 seconds to go. Now Knox, if nothing else, force him into punt and maybe send all 11 guys at the punter if you can get a stop here. So if you're the, if you're Ronald Collins, do you run it here and try to force Knox to use a timeout, or you go ahead and try to get the first down? I think you got to try and get the first down if you're Coach Braun. Forty-five yard line, third and ten. Boyer, back to pass, looking, flares it out to Devin Morris. 
45, and he steps out of bounds. It'll be fourth down and long. Fourth and about nine. And only about a yard gain out to the 46. So the punt team comes out. Yeah, Addison Fletcher. So if you're Knox, do you, you surely try to go get this, don't you, with all 11 guys? Well, they're going to send. <laughs> yeah, they got a guy going deep. They, yeah, they got Kendall uh, Bowman. Yeah. Kendall's going. So they're not going to send 11, but they might sure, surely send 10. They got two timeouts left, but I just don't know how aggressive they're going to be with the ball. Yeah. I, again, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably not a, a big play offense. Fletcher. Soccer style kick, good kick high up in the air. Caught at the twenty yard line by Bowman, and tackled after about uh, a couple yards there. So it will be first and ten for the Prairie Fire with twenty eight point six. And I don't think uh, Coach Willis is going to get too crazy here. Last no. thing you want to do is turn it over here for sure. Right, right, and he'll be not happy, but I think he'll take the seventeen point deficit into the locker room with him. I've done a lot of football games with you, whether it be the high school level or the collegiate level, and I don't think we've ever covered a half where there was not a penalty. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, having said that. We probably <laughs> just jinxed it. There's going to be three penalties here in this next three plays. A couple of false starts and a pass interference or something. <laughs> 28.6 to the half. <laughs> Williams straight ahead to Jackson. Anderson, I keep getting Anderson and Jackson mixed up. It's 23. Hunter Anderson, just a gain of a couple. Out to the 24-yard line, and 16. The Scots are in no hurry to stop it. Knox looks like they're pretty content. Actually headed off to the locker room to get warm here on this chilly afternoon here at April's Zorn Memorial Stadium. Down to five. Yeah, both teams headed off. Scots are going to take a 17 and up the lead into the half over the Knox College Prairie Fire. Take a couple minutes here. Come back with the halftime show. Look at some scores around the Midwest Conference. High school football going on. Got tons of high school playoff action going on. Uh, we actually have one over on our sister station, Sunday 97.7. We'll check in to see what's going on with A-Town and the Ridgeview Lexington Co-op. Uh, I believe, uh, what else we got? There's a couple more football games we'll keep you guys abreast uh, of. And get a chance to talk to Monmouth College with his golf coach, Scott Weber, and also a uh, uh, basketball coach at Monmouth Rosa with the girls' varsity program. They get started next week. We'll have a nice conversation with Scott Weber. All that when we come back in three minutes here on AM 1330 at 94.1 WREM. Welcome back to April's Lawn Memorial Stadium as we've reached the half to halfway point in the ball game. We're at halftime, and that was probably the fastest half of college or maybe even high school football that uh, maybe I'd ever rock as it. Under an hour, no penalties on the uh, on either team there in the first half. Uh, just a couple touchdowns and a field goal just to stop play. Other than that, uh, both teams played pretty clean football. One one turnover, third lawyer threw an interception. But other than that, the Scots will uh, will take a 17-0 lead into the second half as we start our halftime show. Brought to you by Land Management Partners Agency Insurance Services for your auto, home, commercial, and farm insurance needs. Contact Rachel Kunkel or Julie Martin at 1-6. Uh, halftime scoring update brought to you by Save a Lot Food Store. Save a lot of time, save a lot of money, save a lot food store in Monmouth as we'll get a score from the other big game in the Midwest Conference. Lake Forest and Chicago as they near the halfway point of that one as well. Pretty quickly moving game. A minute 36 to go in the second quarter. It is Lake Forest 7, Chicago 0. Lake Forest wins that. They will win the Midwest Conference. 
The Scots are, have been taken out of contention for the conference title with Lake Forest winning at least one quarter, and it looks like they might win two. Uh, the Scots have been eliminated from postseason play, but uh, the winner of Chicago and Lake Forest will represent the Midwest Conference in the uh, in the playoffs in the national tournament starting uh, next weekend. Well, let's, uh, let's start our, our halftime interview this week is with Monmouth College women's golf coach Scott Weber, also the basketball coach at Monmouth Rosa with the Varsity Girls Program. How you doing, Mr. Weber? I'm, I'm good now that I'm in your booth. <laughs> I tried to make it the first quarter out there in the, in the wind and the cold, and I'm not, I'm not man enough to be out there like that, so I jumped in your booth. i tell you what, there's, if there's anything more than I hate than my power bill I get every month, it's cold weather. There is yeah. nothing more I like. I like less than cold weather. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I'm not afraid to put on clothes, but I'm not sure I can put on enough. And I figured out why there were no penalties the first half. Officials well, want to get out of here. Their hands are too cold to throw a flag. <laughs> right. I think I've seen them reach a couple times and just, like, shook their head. No, yeah. No, never mind. Uh, well, let's talk golf first before we talk basketball. Uh, how, how'd, the, uh, how'd the women's season go here in the, in the fall? You know, we had a good fall. Uh, the girls played. You know, our numbers are, are down, you know, so... So my pitch to all you people listening, if you know a, a woman slash girl that wants to play college golf, you know we're we're on the look for them. But uh, we had a, we had a good season. Uh, Sarah and Amanda played with us, and uh, uh, Amanda's just a freshman, and, and Sarah's a transfer in. I think she's a junior, but um, you know they improved well. We went down and played uh, in Bloomington, or not in Bloomington, but in Springfield. Uh, played a couple other tournaments, and each tournament they got a little bit better, you know, and so it just getting used to that tournament play again because, you know, they didn't play forever either. Yeah, and, right. Uh, so, right. you know, everything's new at the college level. you got a lot more competition, a lot more girls, you know, just a lot more things. But I think they enjoyed it. I had fun working with them, um, you know, with, with Coach Bizarre. You know, we're always looking for people. But, you know, he's a he's a fantastic swing coach and uh, works good with the kids. I, the kids like him. And uh, it's fun to be part of it. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, I was going to mention Coach Bizarre because you help him out on the men's side, too. Right. Yeah, and I mean, he he really takes the team that's in conference and works with them. So uh, the girls were in conference in the fall, guys go in the spring. And, and so we'll, we vice versa, you know, we're both at practice every day. But um, as you know, he can't be both places at once. And right. So he if he can, he's he's running the kids to the tournament. And, uh, and I sit back and help the kids that are at practice. But uh, it's fun to be part of it. Uh, I'm glad he asked me to do it. This is my third year. You know, last year was a little bit different with COVID. But uh, we love working with the kids. Uh, it's it's fun to have them come in and have kids that want to get better and uh, really work at their games. But, uh, you know, Coach Biz does, like I said, he does a great job with them and, and a great swing coach. And we're looking for really both boys and girls. So if somebody's interested, you know, reach out. Our names are on the website under the golf program. So reach out to us. Love to get you on campus and see what you got. Uh, yeah, I believe uh, it, they make it easy. I think there's an actual recruiting form right there on the on the athletic website that I think the uh, if you're interested in golfing at the collegiate level, fill out the fill out the form, and I'm sure you guys will be in contact. I think that's kind of how it works. Yeah, absolutely. There to recruit me, and, and I'll be honest with you, Coach Bizarre has a list of kids, probably a hundred people long. You know that, <laughs> that he's looking at. I want to look some kids in the fall. He's gone and looked at some kids. We just had a kid a couple weeks ago on campus that I spent some time with, but um, he he's he's going to be hitting harder the next few weeks, so um, expect to hear from him if you're on his list, and 
see what we can get you on campus. And it, uh, you already mentioned, actually, it kind of confused me a little bit. I know the, the women golf in the fall and then the, the men golf in the spring, but the men also golf a little bit in the in the fall. Do you guys golf a little bit with the women in the spring, or are they pretty much done at the end of the fall? How no, we'll have it. They both play both seasons. Okay. Um, there's not as many tournaments for women in the spring because their conference is technically in the fall. But uh, we'll find them a few tournaments to go play in and compete. And then the boys really get hot and heavy in the spring. You know, we get a trip down to Arizona. And then uh, their conference tournament this year is actually down in Kentucky. So it'll be a you know long weekend for them to go down there. But, uh, you know, they go, they play up in Galena in the fall. They, they have some nice tracks. But, no, the girls will play both spring and fall. You know, and and Scott Hass has a place up at the old Review Atlas building, which is uh, oh, yeah. turned into quite a golf complex. To be honest with you, it's a simulator. It's got some hitting bays, and uh, we've we, we're going to rent some space from him, and so the kids can use the simulator. We can go to the hitting bays. Uh, he's going to make a putting green, and so you know what what's really hampered us in the past is the ability to have a practice facility. Yeah, and we have that now, and so that just takes us to a next level. Is there anything in that facility that's going to make me even a uh, below-average golfer? Anything in there? There's no miracle, no miracle booth in there. So <laughs> you better keep doing what you're really, really good at is Talk. announcing football Talk. games and basketball Talk. games and baseball games Talk. and being our. Uh, what do I say for the kids in every sport team in the area? Lucky to have you. So you you keep doing that because there's no miracle booth in there. I see. You just keep saying that, and it'll keep me off the golf course. That's probably a good. That's probably a good idea. Well, we here. you know we can say a lot of things, but uh, since we both have something something in common, that uh, it's obvious that your one son Alex got the golf skill in your family. Yeah, I don't have any idea where they <laughs> My dad is a decent golfer at best. I don't know where. Do they say it's skip generations? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> right. right. we'll take the golf Pfizer off, and we'll put the uh, basketball whistle on you because you get your uh, Mama Roseville Titans starting in uh, already Thanksgiving tournament next week. Uh, I think you guys open up on Tuesday. I've got the schedule here. Some you guys yeah. open up on Tuesday, and uh, always a good tournament. They expanded that tournament. It used to be just the uh, the uh, Ridgewood tournament. Now they've added the Robo Williams Field tournament. Kind of combined it together, made a nice little tournament out of it. Yeah, they they did, and the plan was to do it last year, but. Um, you know, we started November 1st with practices, and, and we'd start right in. And then uh, tournaments start next week, which used to be the Ridgewood Classic mm-hmm. and the Cranberry Classic, mm-hmm. uh, have all become one now. And so I think there's I like actually there, there's 12 teams, I think, in it. There's four different pools. And so we'll play. We start our first game Tuesday. We play Tuesday, Wednesday. We're actually off on Thursday, which is picture day at the high school for the girls. And then... Uh, it, it goes to pool play then. You know, whoever wins pool A plays pool B, and whoever wins pool C plays pool D on Friday, and then championship is Saturday. So if you win the pool between A and B, you play in a championship game. But there's some good teams in it, and uh, it's nice to uh, jump right in. But, you you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, day off, Thursday, you play Friday, Saturday, and then you start in that following week. I think we play on Monday. Where, where our JV and varsity both start playing. So, no, it's uh, you get right after it, that's for sure. Uh, you've got Tuesday night, you start at, uh, we got time, 7.30 on Tuesday at Williamsfield High School, taking on Robo Williamsfield. And you play Wednesday, 7.30, taking on the Galva Wildcats, and that ends your pool play with uh, Galva and Robo Williamsfield in your pool. And you'll play Pool B, looking on paper. I know Knoxville has been, has been pretty solid for the last several years. It's a nice nice little rivalry between Mama Rose and Knoxville and the girls' basketball floor for sure. Uh, that's a potential. 
Um, if, it, if you know, on paper, you know how that stuff works. Could be a nice matchup for you on Friday night, and then that'll lead into a good weekend. So, a good competition here, especially late in the week. Yeah, there's, you know, you look at the pools, you know, I know Abingdon's in it. Coach Dugan does a good job, and, uh, you know, Rockridge is in it. Rockridge is going to have a very solid team this year. They're uh, very long, very athletic. Uh, Coach McDonald does a good job up there. Um, but, you know, the, you know, we run into my old buddy Tony Styles. you know, in Orient. You know, yeah, he's sure. going to have, mm-hmm. he's got good turnout this year. He's and, uh, had some good practices. I've communicated with him. But uh, it is, there is some really good competition in this. And uh, if you don't play your best and you take anybody for granted, there's a good chance you get knocked off. I'm looking forward to the uh, the ugly sweater game between you and Coach Styles taking on Orient later. Yeah, he's still sort of bitter. <laughs> you know, um, we weren't able to do it last year, but the year before, we did it where we took uh, Coach Woods, who was coaching with us, went on, online and got some pictures of him. And we took those pictures and put them on sweatshirts. So when we came walking out after for the game, we had some ugly sweatshirts on that had his picture on it. And I, if you know Coach Styles, the cat's not I quiet was very often. His face. But he was literally speechless. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Is I golfed with Coach Styles a couple weeks ago. And... Uh, he said he was cleaning out some stuff. He's, Coach Styles has lost 50 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's fabulous. He looks great. So he feels great. But him and his grandson were cleaning out his closet, and they came across those sweatshirts. And he's like, Grandpa, what are these? And he said, all he could do is just start laughing. You know? <laughs> he didn't say it's an ugly sweater. It's no, he sweater. said this was it's a price sweater. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he had a different name for him, but I don't think that uh, right. that's permissible over the radio. <laughs> What, uh, and I got a chance to watch your scrimmage last night, uh, the Meet Titan scrimmage. Uh, just your thoughts after last night. You know, we we, we are the walking wounded right now. Um, we we've had we had a great number. We've got 24 girls out. Uh, only one senior, uh, Bell Thompson. But uh, if you're going to only have one senior out, I think she's the one you pick. And then uh, good junior class, smaller sophomore class, and a really really good freshman class. And so we we were pleasantly surprised with what we got you know we have a couple rules well we have four girls hurt one was out of town so you take us down to 19 right away and a big you know half of those are our freshmen so um we were really pleased we saw some really good things and it's also nice to do that because now you can also take what you want to improve show the girls we, we actually filmed it so they can go watch it but uh we're going to be young but we're going to go play hard we're not going to change our style and i think the girls have adapted we have a couple of really good weeks of practice and uh really look forward to getting going next week sounds good can't wait to get some basketball on the air some titan girls basketball on the uh, pcsn uh won't be too much won't be too much longer maybe hopefully maybe get maybe some uh something going on maybe next weekend to get you in that championship on saturday that that sounds great we appreciate what you guys do for us all right coach webb thank you so much for joining us here at the half and uh, getting us update on what's going on with scott's women's golf and also uh, Titan girls basketball as well. We'll take a couple minute break. It is 17 to nothing. The Monmouth College Fighting Scots leading the Knox College Prairie Fire. We'll come back with some scores as some high school games have kicked off. Got some scoring already from around our area in the quarterfinals of 11 uh, man football and also West Central 8 man football as well. We'll be back in two minutes right here on WRA. Welcome back to April's on Memorial Stadium as both teams filtering back to their sidelines. A couple minutes to go here before we kick off the second half. It's the Scots leading the Prairie Fire 17 to nothing as we bring our halftime show to a close. The Land Management Partners Agency Insurance Services Halftime Show. For your auto, home, commercial, and farm insurance needs, contact Rachel Kunkel or Julie Martin at 734 21 
1-6. Got a high school quarterfinal game over on Sunday 97.7 WMOI as Abby Nabon is on the road in Colfax, Illinois, taking on Ridgewood, uh, Ridgeview. I wonder how long it's going to take me to say Ridgewood instead of Ridgeview. Ridgeview Lexington Co-op. Right now, uh, you got an update, T-Dub, on the uh, Avon, Abby Nabon game. Yeah, uh, Coach Dugan <laughs> apparently drew the short straw and he's Braving the temperature <laughs> out the, there, braving the cold in Colfax. But yeah, uh, we got a uh, six nothing early eight town lead with a Stone King touchdown. So the the Avondale Tornadoes uh, early lead on the Mustangs of Ridgeview Lexington over on Sunday ninety seven point seven. Also, the West Central Heat are in the eight man semifinals this week. They are trailing Polo, a really good Polo ball club, undefeated Polo, number one seed in the sixteen man tournament, uh, trailing fourteen to nothing. Uh, to the Polo Marcos as the Heat, trying to make it to the eight-man championship, which will be played right here six days from now. Next Friday night, the eight-man state championship played at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. So hopefully, hopefully the uh, Heat can come back here and, and get a spot in the title game. Oh, how exciting would that be, you know, for the folks around here. I, speaking of this eight-man football, I, I think that that might be the new way for some of these smaller yeah, Absolutely, yes. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's it's going to be uh, there's there's many schools around here that's at least uh, at least at least considering it. Considering for sure. it, yeah. yes, yes. There, there's some contemplation going on, but you know, if if you're struggling number wise, that's probably the way to go. Kick is in the air as we get the second half started here for the college game. Ooh, kind of bobbled there at the ten yard line by the Scotch returner. And picking it up and getting out to the 25. Not a bad return there following the bobble by the Scots. That's, uh, that's a new guy back there. That's, that's not Francois. I, I don't think it might have been. I don't know if that was maybe Devin. Devin Graham, he's also number five on the Scots roster. Devin's got a little banged up a couple weeks ago, and I don't think Devin returns many kicks. But, uh, but if that was Henderson, yeah. then I'm shocked we haven't seen him in the backfield. Right. Um yeah, we'll get maybe some confirmation on that down the road here. First and 10 for the Scots on their own 25-yard line, trying to extend this lead early here in the third, 17-0. Lawrence gets the call up the middle. Not a lot there, but boy, still fighting his way out to the 30-yard line. What a nice job by Devin Lawrence. Just a big pile of bodies there at about the 23. And then you see uh, Devin Lawrence just kind of pop his head out of there and get an extra couple yards out to the 30. That's a tough five. That's a tough five yards. <laughs> You know, the coaches always tell the running backs, keep the legs churning. Second and about uh, four, I guess, with the with the drive starting on the 26th, gain of four for Lawrence. So second and six for Mama. Boyer, again to Lawrence. Bigger hole up the middle at the 35, out over the 35 to the 38. First and 10, 39-yard line. First and 10 for the Scots. Boy, that's just a quick north-south. Here's the football. Hit that hole as hard as you can. Yeah, right between the tackles, nothing fancy. We talked about it a little bit ago. This defensive line for the Prairie Fire is probably going to get a little worn out as this game goes along. First and 10 for the Scots on their own 39. Boyer looks out, complete at the 45, and then just diving ahead with Jake Uras for the first down. Good job by Jake to get that extra yardage to move the sticks. First and ten for the Scots. Knows the football literally at midfield. Got a score in. It's halftime. It's Lake Forest 7, Chicago 0 in what has turned out to be the Midwest Conference Championship game. 
with Monmouth getting uh, uh, eliminated with the first quarter lead by Lake Forest. Now, at a halftime lead. Boyer down the right sideline. Look at him tiptoe for a first down. Huh? Nice looking run. That was just a quarterback keeper. Good run there by Carter Boyer. But he can run. I know we, we uh, uh, Brent Dugan and I have given given Carter a little bit of grief for trying to be Riley Fetter out there with running the football, but Carter's done a pretty darn good job of running, rushing the football itself. Well, and it, that puts him up over 100 yards to the season. Yeah, it's been smart runs today, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, well, well-timed play, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's not forcing anything. Boyer will look, and he's going to be sacked. Boy, everything up. Nice coverage sack there by the Prairie Fires. I look, they've got two, three, seven defensive backs. Uh, nobody open for Boyer, so he has to take the sack back to the 40. Loss of six on the play for the Scots, but he tried to keep the play alive, and that's that's nice coverage by the Prairie Fire. Well, and unfortunately, it goes against his rushing stats, too. I, I've always been a fan of <laughs> trying to get that stat changed <laughs> because it's not the quarterback's fault that the rush came in. Now he loses six yards on his rushing total. Second and 16 for Mammoth. Lawrence, it's, a, it's all six yards back to the original line of scrimmage, down to the 35. Now he's still a yard short, so gain of five. It'll be third and 11. Four down territory for Mammoth inside the 40 at the 35. So it'll be third and 11. he got two shots to get 11 yards here. I like that uh, quick slant outside to Jake. We'll see what they draw up. They got four wide. Yeah, two left and right. Boyer looking to his left. Now he'll throw on the out route. Good call, T-Dub. It's a sliding catch. Now oh, they're going to say Nate Graham did not get his uh, hand under it. Wow. Oh, they're going to say he was juggling it. Nate's just sitting there on the sidelines holding football. Wow. And Coach Braun down there having a discussion with the line judge as well. Incomplete pass would be fourth and 11. That would have been... Would have made it fourth in what five, five. six maybe yards there. Yeah. You cut it in half, like you said. Though they are going to go for it, four down territory. There's still no flags on the field here. None at all. Good clean game by both teams. Quick game. Hold it down. Yeah. Able to listen to the second half of the high school game and it keeps going like this. <laughs> Scott's on fourth and eleven. They will go for it from the thirty-five. Rolling left is Boyer, the right-handed quarterback, has to pull up and throws down the field. He's got a tip pass by the defensive back by the Prairie Fire. It goes incomplete, so the Knox offense will take the field. But that looked like it had a shot of being completed. There are a couple of receivers sure down there. sure did. And no, the only question was what receiver was going to catch it. Yeah. <laughs> Two receivers in the center. Uh, Boyer kept the play alive, so your, your natural routes kind of get broke down. But two receivers in the same area is usually not good. Well, yeah, and the bad thing there is Carter's rolling left. He's a right-handed quarterback that you just touched on, so he's got to set his speed, and he's still got a, he got a heck of a throw-off. And at that point, it was just a matter of who's going to catch it because it sure looked like it could be six. Scots do that a lot. They roll they roll their uh, quarterback out a lot against the uh, against the natural throwing hand. They've done that a lot this season. And the first carry for the Prairie Fire ends up on the ground. The pitch to to Drake Dietrich. Or no, that is uh, Corbin Personette down there. What a great pitch from the uh, from the, uh, the uh, Justin Douglas gets the fumble, almost tackled, pitches it to the uh, Scots. Uh, I, I don't know what I just saw. <laughs> he scooped the ball up and almost immediately 
did a three sixty and pitched it backwards to the first set. I couldn't tell if it was if it was uh, a forty five, which is Campbell Connor Campbell, but I think it was Personette just before he went down on the turnover. I, I didn't even see the fumble. It was on the ground, and uh, Douglas comes up with it. And just before he got tackled, flips it to Personette. He's done everything else today. Why not? He's had a well of a senior day, I'll tell you that. First to 10 for the Scots from the 11. Lawrence dancing at the 5. Still trying to get to the end zone. He's in. What a great run from Devin Lawrence from 11 yards out. It looked like that play was going to be stopped at about the 5. And he, on one leg, just kind of kept dragging the tackle with the other one. It is 23 nothing. Boy, that was... <laughs> The last 45 seconds of this game has been some of the funnest I think I've ever seen. <laughs> That'll bring on Cody's up for the extra point. What a fun run there by by uh, Devin Lawrence. That is Devin's. That is Devin's sixth touchdown. Did he have one of the first two or not? Yeah, I had him for a touchdown. Yeah, that's his second one today. So that's his seventh touchdown of the season on the ground in, in limited action, Devin. Extra point is good, so the Robert Thompson Trucking cuts down for all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain holdings. Call Robert Thompson Trucking at 768-2697. The touchdown and extra point makes it 24 up in Monmouth with 11.16 to go here in the third quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Back here at April's Lawn Memorial Stadium, following the Robert Thompson Trucking touchdown is a farm team kickoff. The family store with more since 1959. Short kickoff by Cody Zelk. Decent return by the Prairie Fire. Out to the 38-yard line. So they'll spot the football down and bring the Prairie Fire offense to the field. That's uh, that was a that was a long run for about what maybe a 15-yard return as he went all the way from the right sideline to the left sideline. Well, it sure was, but I will say this: if Coach Willis is hanging his hat on anything up to this point, it's the special teams have really done a nice job of getting the wedge set up because they've had good field position. The kick returns have been really nice. That is. That is something the Scots, the special teams, has been uh, something that I know Coach Prawn is going to want to improve between now and next fall for sure. They've had some struggles in the special teams games. Straight ahead, ooh, the pitch, the fake to the fullback, and then the pitch to the edge to Trevor Trevor Gage pushed out of bounds after about a five-yard gain. Oh, interesting, interesting call there. Fake to the fullback, and then just kind of. Kind of threw it. Well, I'm not going to lie; they fooled Flipped me. It out. I, yeah. I, I was following the fullback. Gain of about four after the 42. Prairie Fire on their own 42, trailing 24 to nothing here with 10:40 to go third quarter. 22 to nothing now. Polo is up on West Central, getting a uh, update from Jeff Ewing, who uh, is in Bigsville watching that semifinal. Rolling left is Kale Williams. And short hops to receiver passes incomplete. And about the Scots 48 would have been enough for a first down, but we'll bring up a third down, third and six. Interesting play calls here uh, earlier in this in this uh, second half from Coach Willits and the Prairie Fire. I was wondering what we were going to see coming out of the locker room because they've got nothing to lose. It's it's the last half of some of these players' lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured they'd throw caution to the wind, and so far they, it's kind of what we saw in the first half. That's the thing about football. Senior day, I think, is extra special for football, in my opinion, than other sports. You can play pickup basketball. You can golf for the rest of your life. You can bowl. You can, you know, you can do a lot of things in other sports. Not many. That incomplete pass by Kale Williams might have been batted down uh, just after Williams threw it. So the punt team will come out for the Prairie Fire. 
there's not a whole lot of pickup football leagues around anymore. So when you're done yeah. with football, you're pretty much done with football. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so I'm I think senior is a little, little special, more special, I think, than other sports. You can always play some pickup games in other sports, it seems like. You don't even see many flag football leagues around anymore. It used to be when we were young. Back when we were younger, oh, it's a flag football league you know, around. I used to play recreational flag football, and I'll tell you this. I didn't have enough clothes because my shirt and shorts, everything was just ripped <laughs> off. <laughs> and Graham has to call for the fair catch on his own 26 yard line. He's like, it is, speaking of senior day, it is senior day. Give me a chance to return one here. Another fair catch by Graham. Gives the Scots the ball at their own 26. Got a uh, another update in from A Town. They are uh, trailing fifteen to six now. Yeah, with uh, in the second quarter, so A Town jumps out six nothing, and it's been Ridgeview Lexington who came into the playoffs at five and four, seven yeah. and four after their first two wins. But and talking to Coach Quinn on Tuesday morning, he's my Tuesday morning uh, interview on the morning show. They play in an extremely tough conference, so that 5-4 and four is very deceiving. Good run by Devin Lawrence on first down out over the 40-yard line. That'll be a 15-plus, probably close to a 20-yard gain there by Devin Lawrence. He might be getting close to that 100-yard mark. We didn't get stats from the Monmouth College Athletic Department at the half, so we don't really know exactly how many yards he had. Yeah, he's getting close to it. He's getting close to that 100 Yeah, I mark. think he's, if he's not already over the century mark, he's very close. This time, Boyer back to pass. Throws out complete to Devin Graham. Tackled immediately after about a four or five-yard gain at the 49-yard line. They'll give him five on that. See if I can uh, maybe get some live stats up here from the uh, Scott staff. You know, piggybacking on what you just brought up about the 5-4 uh, Colfax team that A-Town is forced with playing today, you see a lot of 5-4 and four teams somehow go on runs in the ISSA playoffs. And usually, I'm not... More often than not, More I know where you're going. Not, it's one of them schools <laughs> of a religious persuasion. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the non-boundary schools, we'll call them. A gain of one there by Lawrence on second down, so it'll be third and four for the Scots. Ball right at midfield. Yeah, a lot of them right around 500 teams are usually the uh, the, the, uh, the private schools that play much bigger schools. So. Correct. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a fact. It's not a debate. It's a fact. A lot of five and four teams do well in the playoffs are the the uh, non-boundaries. Well, they're usually playing tougher schedules, yeah, too. Sure. Yep. Oh, what a nice throw by Boyer. That's going to be housed by Nate Thornton. Boy, just a little bit of a slant route there, and Boyer, I'm telling you what, put that thing right on the money. Wow. And Thornton did the rest. Yeah, that was a one heck of a throw by Carter Boyer. Oh, my goodness. Nate Thornton. That is Nate. That is Nate. Uh, third touchdown of the season for Porn. He has had a great first year of college football. He's a sophomore uh, academically, but of course with no football last year. This is his first season. We called his name many times this year. What a great job by Nate Thorne. And what a, what a nice pass for Boyer. Oh, you talk about yak yards. Yours after the catch. Oh, my God. Looked like he was shot out of a cannon. He was so quickly down the field. Zelk's extra point is good. That makes it 31 nothing. Monmouth leading the Knox College Prairie Fire. That touchdown is sponsored by Robert Thompson Trucking. For all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs, call Robert Thompson Trucking at 768-2697. We'll have the farm game kickoff in 30 seconds here on WRAM. WRAM, the Prairie Communications Sports Network. The Robert Thompson Trucking touchdown leads to a farm game kickoff. What a nice return by the Prairie Fire. Uh, we were just talking after the last kickoff that that's, this, is, this is the area that's going to be addressed, I guarantee it, in the offseason. I'm um, looking at Coach Brawl, he's shaking his head. 
he uh, he hasn't been happy with the special teams units uh, across the board. Really, the the coverage teams, the it's just been kind of a mess, and that'll be addressed, I'm sure. Good return though by the by the Prairie Fire out to midfield. They're trying to get on the board. They trail 31 to nothing with 8:25 left to go here in the third quarter. See if they can get something going here. Good feeling going. They are three and five, trying to get to that fourth limb. Williams with a keeper. I couldn't quite tell if that was a busted play or a design play, but I don't know if he turned and there was nobody there or they just went ahead and run it straight ahead. Yeah. But, yeah, nice game. How about six yards? He got the six-yard game. I almost thought that him and the was a broken play or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, you know, kudos to Kill for not panicking. He just turned it upfield, got a six-yard gain on a, what looked like nothing. Second and four, four knots. In Scott's territory at about the 44-yard line. Williams under center. Wing is in motion. The pitch and the Scots going to be tackled. There's, there's wow. Mama, there's that man again, Corbin <laughs> Personette. Back to the original line of scrimmage, well, about the 49-yard line. Just first and that all over it. All over And he even came up holding the ball. Like, <laughs> hey, look what I got. You know? Right. Why not? We, we, we got a quarter and a half to go, but if we're giving out a defensive award today right now, it's Corbin Personette. If you are just joining us, uh, got a little busy this afternoon just joining us, Corbin broke the single-season sack record earlier there in the in the ball game in the first half. Uh, had a nice round of applause. And the player just, of course, he's a well-liked, he's a well-liked guy. And and uh, nice swim move by Personette. But Williams avoids the rush and flips it out complete. What a nice catch out there and a good tackle, good open field tackle by the Scots. Is that... Uh, Plattenberger? Yeah, that's Plattenberger out there. Caleb Plattenberger taking the legs out from under the receiver, but not before a first down. That'll move the sticks. Nice play there by Williams, and a good job of Kale keeping that play alive. Yeah. Kale did a great job, didn't panic. He found that Anthony Ratliff out there. And I know Ratliff would like to second-guess the, the jump into the air, but, boy, that had to hurt coming down on that ground like that. But he avoided, he avoided the tackle. First and 10 for the Prairie Fire. Straight ahead, full back. Not a big game there. He's talking about some hard yards and getting up a little slow. It's Hunter Anderson. He's had a, he's had a hard day trying to find some room in between those tackles. He's going to get a bit of, a little bit of a break here. Did get one, so it'll be second and nine for Anderson. Again, I don't, I'm trying to find some live stats online here and I don't see any, so I might have some issues. With some live stats today. Hopefully we'll get some stats at the end. Second and nine for the Prairie Fire. And Williams will keep. Find some room on the left edge. 25-20. Still on his feet. He, he depending on where they call him, but yeah, that's a great job of tiptoeing the sidelines. I thought the Scots might have him pushed out of bounds to 20, and the streak is broken. I see some laundry on the field on the far side, so that is probably going to come back. What a great run by Williams. Yeah, blocking the back on the Prairie Fire. That's a great run by Williams. It's going to be all for naught. That is going to come back. Yeah, that's unfortunate because Kale, all he did was just a little fake to the up back, and he was gone right down the sideline. 
for a moment, I thought he uh, had gotten I, in the end zone. Yep, I thought maybe he was going to maybe stay in bounds long enough to get to the end zone. Well, it's going to be a first down, so he did get enough, even with the penalty yardage, to move the sticks. So it'll be at the 27-yard line of Mama. We first and 10. We weren't so foolish to think that we were going to go. Okay. <laughs> and we got we got over two and a half quarters, and getting into the end zone for the touchdown is that's a guy we haven't seen carrying the football yet. Sam Walker, Sam Walker the yeah. fullback. Yeah, with Hunter Anderson going out there, he got up slow on his last carry of the fullback for Prairie Fire. They bring in Sam Walker, and all he does is score on his first touch. Yeah, he says, "Give me the ball." <laughs> 26 yards by Walker. Oh, no, we got another Oh, another one. penalty. It's going to be a block below the waist on the prairie fire. That's going to bring it back. So take the six points off the board for Walker. And not only is it that whole double negative, not only do you get the touchdown, you get the penalty yards to take you back to be second. And... Oh. Gonna be second and long. Let's see if it's officially a Farfic Nugent. It is not a Farfic Nugent. It's going to be second and seven, first and seventeen. So you got to get to twenty before you get to Farfic Nugent range. Explain that to me. It's just and our listeners. It's a, it's, <laughs> Farfic Nugent is anything over twenty. It's just it's just it, you know second the country mile. It's second to Farfic Nugent. Okay. Yeah, you got to get to at least twenty. Before Don't you ask get me to say that. <laughs> First and 17. Oh, wide open down the middle and the... It's Corbin Personnet again. <laughs> Adding to the sack total. Williams goes down, and it's a good thing. If, if Williams would have avoided Personnet there, he had a wide receiver down the middle of the field completely open. Trevor Geggy was basically standing on the 10-yard line. He's waving his arms. <laughs> But there was no time for Williams there. Person had all over him again. He is having himself a day. Hey. Our first Farfig Nugent, second and twenty-two. <laughs> Boy, it took us. It took us over two and a half quarters to get there. First, it took us two and a half quarters to get the first penalty on the field too. And this time, no running room for. Uh, Got Hunter Anderson again. Boy, he just keeps getting up slow every time. He's he's taking a beating today. As kudos to Trevor or Hunter Anderson because he is taking a beating. Yeah, it's been tough sledding between the tackles for the Prairie Fire. That's for sure. That actually might have been there. You know, Hunter Anderson is out there. I seen the three in twenty three, but that was Anderson with the carry. Jackson is out there as well with the three four knocks. Had another. Report in from my Titan broadcast partner Jeff Ewing, who's in Bigsville watching West Central in their semifinal. The pitch, ooh, kind of a little trickery there, a little end around, kind of a reversed, going nowhere for the uh, Prairie Fire, and thrown down. Nick Harris throws down uh, Trevor Geggy on the little little end around reverse, and. Uh, Nick just threw him on the ground. Looked like he spun was him around, <laughs> threw him on the ground. Looked like he was having a lot of fun on that play. <laughs> Fourth down, and I can't even count that high. So I'll wait for the board to put it up. I can't even imagine what word you'll come up with. But Fourth and 26. Yeah, that's that's fourth and a Farfic Nugent plus six <laughs> with under three minutes to go. What a great play by the sophomore, Nick Harris. Punt team who short hopped to the punter, but not a big rush there by the Scots. And Graham fakes the uh, great job by 
Nate fakes the fair catch at about the 15. The ball lands it uh, inside the five and through the end zone. So a touchback. That's our first one of those today. First one of those today as well. Uh, back to the update on the West Central Polo game from Bigsville. That's an eight-man semifinal. Uh, fumbled by West Central uh, as they were getting close to score, but they are down 30 to nothing. The West Central Heat taking on just a very, very good Polo Marcos ball club. And it is 22-6, to Ridgeview, Colf, uh, Ridgeview uh, Lexington leading A-Town. After A-Town jumped out, 6 nothing, 22 unanswered here by. So a couple of our local teams uh, in big trouble here today in playoff high school football. Boyer straight ahead to Lawrence or Pinkert. And my ass Lawrence, or is that Pinkert? 28 and 26, what do you see? The 6 and the 8 is kind of scrunched yeah, up the, there. Yeah, the numbers are scrunched up. It looks like Lawrence. I honestly thought it, it, it might have been uh, Josh Bazzacco, but the freshman. He wears 25. The same ball carrier is going to get the carry after a 3-yard gain. Not much there either. Out over the 25 to the 26. So it'll be third and about four. Let's see if we can get, uh, I think that might be Pinker. That might be 26. Let's see if I can find Devin Lawrence here on the sideline anywhere. The Scots have uh, kind of a different set of, kind of a different number. That gets kind of scrunched up. And there goes Boyer. He's got the first down. Boy, Boyer using his feet today out to the 35-yard line. That's something normally we've seen Riley Fetter uh, do very well for the Scots well, quarterback. And, I, and Boyer says, I, I can do that, too. We can, we can both do this. <laughs> I kind of thought we were going to see that combination again yeah. after we saw it. So we got word pregame that we might see that, and we saw it early on. Here, here in the second half, we haven't seen that just yet. But. I mean, I, I maybe understand not wanting to put – it's a 31 to nothing game, maybe not wanting to put something on tape for next year, but – also might be something to work on as well. Well, right, yeah. That's something we haven't touched on yet, though, too. You know, every time you play, you're putting stuff on tape mm-hmm. for somebody else out there to break down. Carry on the far side by the Scots, pushed out of bounds at the 39-yard line, so a gain of about four. Second and six for Monmouth. We're under a minute to go third quarter in this quickly moving ball game. This thing kicked off at uh, noon, and we're at 145. Almost into the third quarter. Straight ahead. That was, there's Josh Bazzacco. He's out there now. He's had a nice second half of the season. He got, he's gotten a lot of carries here with, with Francois and, and Devin Lawrence kind of in and out of the lineup with, with some injuries. Josh Bazzacco's had, uh, he's had a good chance to show his stuff here in the second half of the season. Well, and the good news for Coach Braun is all these guys yes. that we just mentioned are coming back next year. Bazzacco's a true freshman. Devin Pinkard. Uh, is a, just a sophomore. There's Boyer on the keep again. This time out to the 44. Going to be short. Going to be going to be faced with a decision. Fourth and one. And I think offense is going to stay on the field up 31 nothing. Now they're going to be able to talk about it. End of the third quarter. The Scots lead the Prairie Fire 31 nothing, trying for their 22nd straight win in the Turkey Bowl. As they both teams fighting for the bronze turkey. At the end of this ball game here in the final regular season game of uh, regular season game. 31 nothing, Scots, end of the third quarter. We'll be back in 30 seconds. 
Welcome back to Fighting Scots Football here on AM 1330 and 94.1 WRN, Prairie Communications Sports Network. Final college game of the season for both of these teams, and it's our final college broadcast of the season as the Scots were eliminated from winning the Midwest Conference in the first half once Lake Forest got a lead over the University of Chicago, trying to get the Prairie Fire to jump, not, not jumping here on fourth and one to start the fourth quarter. From their own 44-yard line, Boyer will keep. He's got it. All he had to do was get to the 45, and he got out to the 46-yard line. So that'll move the sticks. First and 10 for the Scots. That'll help that fourth down percentage number as well. They've got a couple fourth downs, I think, today. That's a big deal yeah. from 12 early in the first half. Yeah. That was that a big one. Yep. The funny thing about that is he slipped when he first took the ball, so it was kind of kind of scary there at first. Seen another five out there. Yeah, I think Francois getting a little time today. He just came. He was in on that play, and there's two fives here right yeah. on the sideline. And so I know that five, number five, is Francois. So it's good to see him at least get on the field a little bit today because I know he's been a little banged up. Absolutely. First and ten from the 46. Scott straight ahead. Ooh, boy, running wow. into a uh, a big wall of very fire. <laughs> Defenders was the Scott's running back, and boy, his head snapped back. I'll bet if we had the windows open, we'd have heard that. Hit yeah, the that was Pinkert as uh, hmm. coming off the field. It's Chris Kimball. He's a senior. He'll he'll probably get some carries here in this fourth quarter. He got some good uh, good fourth quarter carries and a and a big win by the Scots earlier this year. And I I, I like watching Chris Kimball play. Little flare out to. I still can't tell if that number scrunched up, if that's 26 I think or 28. I think it is. I think it's 26. I'm going yeah. with Pinkert. Yeah, that's probably in a 31 nothing game. Lawrence probably isn't going to see the field much here the rest of this. Uh, uh, nice article on Devin Lawrence. Did you know he is a professional gamer? No. Yep. He, makes, he makes a pretty good salary being a professional gamer. No kidding. Yeah, he was a little late getting to camp because he had like a big tournament going on. So, uh, in, I, think it's an NBA, I think it's an NBA 2K gamer or whatever. Well, I'll be doggone. Yeah. yeah. I could have done that. a hobby. I could have done that if I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. That's all I did when I went to college. Yeah, <laughs> That's the problem. That would be the issue. <laughs> First down carry for Pinkard. Now Lawrence, that is Lawrence, I think, out there now. Yeah, that's 28 out there now. Pinkard just came off, so Lawrence is going to give Pinkard a little bit of a break. First and 10 for the Scots on the Pinkard carry at the Prairie Fire 40. We're under 13 minutes to go. Scots safely ahead, 31-0. Boyer flares it out to Lawrence at the 40, 35. Good open field tackle on Lawrence by uh, Kendall Ballman. Kendall Ballman. We've called his name a couple times today. Sure have, yep. Say he had the interception, only turnover of the game. No, it wasn't the only turnover because we had the fumble down here yeah. by, the, by the Prairie Fire. Only only turnover for the Scots today was the interception by Bowman. Down to the Prairie Fire, 36, second and six. Boyer, straight ahead to Pinkard. Runs into that wall again, but does get close to first down yards. He'll be a little short. At the 31, that'll bring up a third and one for Monmouth. Keeping it on the ground, keeping the clock moving, but getting all getting quickly to the line of scrimmage. They didn't even start the play clock, and they finally got that thing going. Ooh, boy. Big carry there by Pinkard. We'll like see where it. they spotted it. And then after the play, 
This day shot by Knox. Yeah, Ethan one of the Knox linemen on one of the the uh, staff linemen, and I know the entire coaching staff here on for Mama College was giving the old fake throw the flag thing. They wanted to see something. Yeah, but he's short. They're going to call him just inches short. He knows you got to. Scott's have to get to the thirty. He knows the football just inches from the thirty, and they will go for it. Along for a field goal, Boyer. Well, keep, he's got it inside the 30. And a good drive by Carter Boyer down to the 26-yard line. Done a good job today. Carter Boyer's had yeah. a nice ball game. He really has. Made some good decisions. He does have the one interception, but they were in kind of a hurry-up offense, I think, at the time. And Correct. But you take that away. I mean, he he's done all the smart things. He's got all the intangibles. If there's nothing he really can't do well. Made some nice throws on third and fourth down, really, today, too. Yeah, I, I'm really impressed with his composure in the pocket. Scott's on the move here. Eating clock and trying to get another score on the board. Pinkert off the right side, inside the 25, down to the 23. Pick up a three for Pinkert. Pinkert, a uh, sophomore from Wildwood, Florida. A lot, of, a lot of connections down there in Florida. Scott's get a lot of good football players from the state of Florida. I keep telling Coach Braun if he needs somebody to carry his luggage on some of these recruiting trips. <laughs> You're all about help. it. I am all about it. I'm a good, I'm a good suitcase carrier. <laughs> Incomplete pass to Jake Uraz by Boyer. It'll be third down and seven now. On the scouts' offense, that will stop the clock at ten oh three. I think you'd be a great recruiter, honestly. Because yeah. uh, I'm just guessing you can really. <laughs> I can, can sell the program. You can really sway a program. Yeah, I can sell the program. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now the question is, if I was a parent, would I really want you in my living room? That's <laughs> true. That's true. Yes, we'd love to go to Mama's as long as he's not involved. What they say. Time out on the field. On third and seven, the timeout is going to go to the Scots. So they're going to talk about this third down play with 10.03 to go in the third quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter here. A Tingham's Electric timeout looking for an electrician contractor that you can trust. Call Tingham's Electric at 335-3034 or go to Tingham'sElectric.com. We have an update from the A-Town game. 23 to 12. A-Town with a quick strike with three minutes left till the half. That game is over on Sunday, 97.7 WMOI, 23-12, A-Town, trailing the Ridge, Ridgeview Lexington Co-op in the quarterfinals. The Tornadoes would host a semifinal game next week should they win. And boy, would that place be going crazy. It is 42 to nothing now. Uh, Polo leading West Central at the half. Wow. Never saw that coming. Flare out to... Pinkard, nice throw there by Boyer, and he took a shot after he threw it, but a huge gain for the Scots. It'll be first and ten. Inside the ten, it could be first and goal here. We'll see where they spot the football. That to me outside the ten, so they can get a first down at the 11-yard line. First and ten for the Scots. Nice little little flare out there to Pinkard. And did a good job of running with it after he caught it. Yak yards. Yak. Pinkard now. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. <laughs> Violently thrown down <laughs> by the Perry fire as he got spun around and then thrown to the turf. 
by a couple of uh, Knox College defenders. You get the numbers on those. Caleb huh? Spinks from Galesburg. Hey, there you go. Know. the tackle? I know. Yeah. Hometown, Just hometown Prairie Fire. Loss of a couple. Brings up second and 12. Pinkard seems to be okay, but, boy, he was, he's thrown down pretty, not as bad as, as uh, uh, Nick Harris threw down the Prairie Fire receiver earlier in the ballgame. Yeah, he got some help with Davis Brumball. Boyer looking out to his left, complete inside the 10 to Nate Thornton, trying to make a move, and will be tackled inside the 10 at the, they'll call it the 7-yard line, so it'll be third and short for the Scots as uh, Nate caught us, spun a couple times. I felt like I'm already looking forward to, to watching these receivers. Oh, work yeah. With, with I mean, Boyer. I coming, coming off a year they... They had no football right. at all in the COVID year. Right. And uh, they are really, this passing game is really starting to click here down the stretch. Yeah, Coach Brown's going to lose uh, Jake Uraz and uh, Nate Grant both. They're seniors. Mm-hmm. But the, the well isn't dry by any means. No, all your quarterbacks are back. Boyer, oh, running out to his right. And did he get rid of it? He, he got, got rid of that rid of somehow to Nate Graham, who's going to take it in for the yeah, touchdown. No. What a fun play, and Nate Graham is just a—he's just a fun guy to watch play football. Wow, I don't—I—I kind of got blocked out here by the uh, the camera in the in the uh, in the booth next to us, so I didn't see exactly what happened. But Boyer, they were setting something up to go to the left, and yeah. Boyer was rolling to the right. He was looking back to throw, and then uh, they uh, the Prairie Fire took that away, and I didn't see what happened after that. Yeah, Nate Graham just set up shop right over here in the flat in front of the Scotts bench, and. It looked like it was going to be nothing. <laughs> he just made the touchdown all on his own. And good to see, too, because he's had to call so many fair catches. You know, <laughs> Extra point is good. So, the Robert Thompson Trucking touchdown for all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs. Call Robert Thompson Trucking at 768-2697. It is 38 nothing. We'll come back with the Farm King kickoff in 30 seconds. Back here at April's War Memorial Stadium, the Robert Thompson Trucking touchdown by Nate Graham. Good to see Nate in the end zone on his senior day. For all your rock, sand, dirt, and grain hauling needs, call Robert Thompson Trucking at 768-2697. Farm King kickoff. Your family store with more since 1959. little ground ball taken by uh, Hunter Anderson. Good return from the 15-yard line out over the 25 to the 30, 35, maybe the 37-yard line. That's good. good return there. And again, Scott's not covering the kickoff especially well. 7.49 to go in the fourth quarter. 38 nothing, Monmouth leading the Knox College Prairie Fire. Now, I've been doing some searching, and you're going to have to help me, but i got to believe the bronze turkey is going to be showing up here pretty soon, should it not? Bringing it in, kind of like to do the Stanley Cup. Yeah. The white gloves and yeah. if everything comes in, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just refurbished it back in 2017. <laughs> got some more. i got some information on the Corbin Personette. Uh, sack record, uh, breaking Greg Bennett's record. First and 10 for the Prairie Fire, trying 38 nothing straight ahead, going nowhere. Again, with under eight minutes to go, I, I don't think we'll see a whole lot of uh, pass plays, probably from either ball club at this point. I know Knox uh, really hasn't had any time to throw anyway. But uh, Corwin Personette earlier in the ball game from Pittsfield, Illinois. Pittsfield Saki, Corbin Personette. 
Uh, leads all D3 players in the nation with 14 sacks coming into this one. He's picked up at least two or three, maybe, this game. I think he's got maybe. two and a half. Yeah. I know he was in on the one. That tied him with Greg Bennett, who held the record from 1989 for Monmouth. The Scots have 35 sacks as a team. That's fourth most in school history coming into this one. Over the middle, pass is complete or incomplete. Yeah, incomplete. Just out of the hands of the receiver at the 45. Would have been short of the first down anyway. So it'll be third and nine for Prairie Fire. Now, breaking the record of Greg Bennett, who I believe won a state championship with the Lewistown Indian girls basketball team within the last two or three years, I believe. At least he's had him down to the state tournament a couple times. He might have won a state title, maybe. But uh, Greg Bennett was the old sack holder, went on to coach girls basketball. Yeah, I mean, why stick your feather in just one half? Right. Timeout knocks on this third and nine with 6.59 to go in the fourth quarter. So we will step away, take a 30-second break. This this, uh, timeout is sponsored by Tickham's Electric. If you're looking for an electrician contractor you can trust, call Tickham's Electric at 335-3034 or go to Tickham'sElectric.com. We'll be back in 30. Back here at April's Law Memorial Stadium following the Knox College Tickham's Electric timeout. They're faced with a third and nine. Williams. Rolling to his left, under pressure, throws back to his right. Good play set up. Got some blockers out there, and they got the first down out near midfield. That's a nice play call by uh, Coach Willits. And uh, yeah, I don't know if he's the offensive coordinator over there, but a good play call by Willits and his staff. Yeah, that's that's a great play coming out of the timeout. We really haven't seen too many uh, screen passes today. We've seen the bubble screen, you know, out toward the sideline, but that's probably the first screen that we've seen Knox run today. West Central has scored. They got on the board with uh, 15 seconds left in the first half, but they trailed the Polo Marcos 42-6. to Polo, boy, what a really good solid ball club. Polo is the defending state champ from back in 2019. Polo, if they hold on, will be right here at April Soren next Friday night. Lobbed up in the air. Incomplete, no good. Decent coverage down there by the Scots on the receiver for, that's Ethan Rolfe-Jones, the receiver for Knox. Good coverage down there by Jalen Williams. They say number nine, I believe. I believe so. Good coverage there by Jalen Williams. Jalen's just a freshman from Florida. He'll be back. That's some good pieces coming back. I know uh, talking to Coach Brown before the season started, there was a lot of question marks out here on this uh, defense by the Scots. They they lost more players from two years ago than the offensive side did. But they had an answer to call. They played pretty solid this year, especially that guy named uh, call the person that. Absolutely. Straight ahead, Hunter Anderson with his first uh, big run of the ball game. He's had some pretty tough yards between the tackles, and he bursts through down to the 40-yard line. That'll move the 6-2 for the Prairie Fire. Good-looking run. I- I'm sure that young man is going to be sore at the end of this game, but he's not showing it there. Like you said, he- he's been getting kind of beat up between the tackles. Knows the football on the Scots 40. Prairie Fire trying to get on the board for the first time today. They trail 38-0 with 5.44 to go. And clock moving here in the fourth quarter. Scots got to get the ball back because it's senior day. They have a tradition where all the seniors go out and take a snap on offense. It's funny to see who they're going to have playing quarterback. That's what I'm waiting for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Williams gets taken down from behind by Justin Douglas. Another, another senior. Another senior. Another uh Florida high school player. 
Douglas, he's he's fun to watch. He's six foot two twenty, and he is just he's been fun to watch for for his years here. He is a high energy guy for sure. Oh yeah, he's definitely bringing energy. <laughs> and that's behind the line of scrimmage, so that counts as another sack that's for the uh, correct for the Scots. They just keep adding to their season total. They had the fourth most in school history with thirty five coming into today's ball game, and they've they've added at least four or five. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see the. Uh, Back to passes, Williams looking out to his right, trying to hit his receiver. Oh, right through the hands of Rolf Jones, Ethan Rolf Jones. That was a nice ball by Williams, and well, uh, Jones would like to have that one back. Yeah, boy, yeah, showed a really nice touch mm-hmm. there. I thought that was going to be six. He I have, sure did. Might have gone out of bounds, maybe shy of the end zone, but that was still a good looking play. Yeah, it would have been inside the ten minimum for sure. Boy, as Jones coming back to the huddle, shaking his head. He knows he... I mean, decent coverage by the Scots. Just a beautiful ball. Right. And, and he's coming back, and he, he knows. I owe you one, Kale. He'll get an opportunity to make up for it. What's, uh, what's Rolf Jones? He is, uh, well, he's a senior. Yeah, that would have been a nice was a nice catch to end his college career, for sure. Williams again, looking over the middle. And this is his receiver to 25. Would have been a first down. That'll bring up fourth senior. down. Fifth-year senior Grant Graham, I think, was on that play. I'm, I'm kind of watching the Scott sign. I think but I, enjoy, I, I enjoy that they do this every year. They send the seniors. It started with uh, Coach Steve Bell when he was here. They sent all the seniors out. And it, it, it starts on who's going to be taking this map. Right. That's what I'm waiting on. Yeah. So I'm kind of watching the sidelines because they kind of start forming up to decide who's going to do what here on the side. I see Coach Bell has taken that uh, with him to Augustana. And one of the highlights I saw from last week's game in the last day of, of the seniors, they did the same thing. The Augustana seniors all went out and took a snap. And a timeout taken by the Prairie Fire on 4th and 11. They're going to have to talk about this one. See if, uh, see if they can pick up the first down and try to get some points on the board. They throw 38 nothing to Monmouth in the fight for the bronze turkey. Well, unless one of the craziest things happened in sports that I've ever seen... <laughs> And the last 4:37 happens. The Scots are going to win their 22nd Turkey Bowl in a row, and it's amazing that 22 years ago this series was tied, 50, 50, and 10, 50 wins for each, and then 10 ties. And since then, the Scots have rolled off 22 straight wins. Yeah, barring a miracle today, yeah, it certainly looks like it's going to be 22 straight. 22 straight years they've had the bronze turkey in possession here in the Monmouth College campus. Fourth 11, both teams back on the field following the Tingham's Electric timeout. And I don't think fourth and 11, there's too many fourth and 11 plays in the playbook. Looking out to his left, and is that caught? That's a great catch. That's a great catch. Did he get enough for the first down? He sure did. What's it? He the, thought uh, he was sure. That's Ethan Rolf Jones, the one that just dropped the ball. On the other yes. sideline, yes. he was just on the wrong sideline. That's all it was. Well, and like I said, when he came back and told Kale, wow. I know you won, he got it right. Absolutely he did. Uh, that was a whale of a catch. Yeah, not the, not the best ball we've seen Kale Williams throw, and Rolf Jones kind of bailed him out there. Yeah, it, it was funny because Rolf Jones kind of got up, and he thought that he might have been just shy <laughs> of the first down. Inside the 30 to the 29, straight ahead. Not much more. In the 29, they're going to say the 28. Is that uh, 
like the fullback. If he's going to be Anderson or Walker that we saw, that was Anderson, Hunter Anderson with the carry. Boy, he's taking a beating today. Yeah. He just keeps getting he gets Hard, up yo. slower and slower after every carry. Well, I'm hoping number four gets the ball because I, I just think he's got one of the best football names out there. That's T.J. Nails. T.J. Nails. <laughs> what a football name. Second and nine with 3.29 to go. Scott's got to get the ball back here. We've got to see some seniors go take a snap. Williams inside the 25, down to the 23. And uh, Mom McCollins has done this for a long time as far as all the seniors taking the snap. So maybe Knox is like, we're going to hold on to this ball. We're going to try to hold on to the final three yeah, minutes. Yeah, Coach Brown's got <laughs> two timeouts. But that's not going to do any good if you continue to give up right. downs. Third down here, third and four. From the 23-yard line of Monmouth, Prairie Fire trying to get on the board for the first time today, getting shut out 38 nothing with under three minutes to go, 2.50 on the clock. Williams back to pass over the middle. Tipped and caught by the receiver by the Prairie Fire inside the 15. Good focus. That was great focus. That's a, the perfect term there. Because that was tipped, almost picked off by this guy. And then it falls right into the hands of the Prairie Fire receiver. Was that Trevor Geggy? Trevor Geggy or... Yep, that's Geggy, number six. Couldn't tell if it was Graham, five, or six, but you're right, it was six. Geggy. Well, the reason that's such good focus is because once that ball gets tipped, you can get level. Oh, sure. Hell, yeah. Once you get tipped, it's the wild, wild west, baby. First and ten from the twelfth. Knox trying to get on the board. Williams back to pass, looking out to his left. He's under pressure and goes down. See who's going to get a big piece of that one. That's going to be Mark Bigpen, a senior defensive tackle from Nuclear Valley. Wow. It's a good football program. Nuclear Valley, I believe, is still in the playoffs, in the quarterfinals and in the uh, IHSA playoffs, I believe. Wow. And I think that... Uh, uh, and a flag on the play, a flag in the defensive backfield. Didn't see that. I didn't see that either. Ah, defensive holding on the Scott. So. Well, maybe if they give up a score here, we'll still get to see the Scott tradition. I know. Of, uh, of the seniors. The big fan was shaking his head because that takes his play off the board. Yeah. Oh, my God. Under two minutes, a minute 56. Yeah, you're the Scott, you don't, you don't want you, you want the shutout for sure. You want but, the shutout, but... But you got to get your seniors a snap here. It's at the six-yard line. First and goal to go. <laughs> you suppose that might be a group going in? Uh, they got a nice little chant going on down here on the sideline. That might be the seniors that are going to take the snap. First and goal from the six. And getting in is Cale Williams on the board. So the Prairie Fire stopped the shutout, 38-6 to with a minute 42, but the Scots will get the ball back. Well, wouldn't that be something if Knox, if the uh, Prairie Fire onside kick here and get the ball oh, back? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing think, like firing a rivalry up even more. Would a first-year coach have the audacity to do that? I, mean, I don't know. I think that would be interesting. He uh, on to the extra point is Preston Lade, following the Robert Thompson trucking kickoff or uh, touchdown. So the touchdown is good. Robert Thompson sponsoring our touchdowns all season long for all your rock, sand, dirt, 
and grain hauling needs. Call Robert Thompson Trucking at 2697. We'll have the Farm King kickoff here. Uh, yeah, uh, Coach Willis, I, I've seen a couple quotes of his in the paper. They were talking about the rivalry, and, and he, he, was, he played for Knox, had a nice career as a running back for Knox back in the, let's say, 2008 is when he graduated. And uh, he said, yeah, it's a rivalry, but it, like all other rivalries, you've got to make the rivalries, both teams have to make it close. And he said, we just haven't made it close in the last several years. So it's a rivalry kind of in name only right now until Knox gets a little better. And they take, they've taken some strides. Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, You're going to end think... up three and six. It could have very easily been four and five if they'd, got, if they'd held on with the win last week over Cornell. Coach Wellis is going to do a good job, I think. Well, the Scots are expecting a they sure are. onside kick. <laughs> Farm came sponsoring our kicks, whether they're deep or onside. They only stole with more since 1959. Now they got to kick it deep. And calling for a fair catch and taken at the 24-yard line is the Scots. Now, let's see. Let's see. Who's gathering up? Is Personette? He's gathering up. Is Personette going to go out there? If he takes the snap, that would be perfect. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't if he didn't do something special here. Here's the long tradition that the Scots have had for the last several years of the seniors going out and taking a snap. Football's on the 26 yard line. They're still trying to get, they're still trying to get organized here on the side. All right, here they come. Who is going to be uh, who's taking the snap? Person that's out there. <laughs> Justin Douglas is out there. Uh, some other seniors that your ass is out there. Your ass is going to take the snap. That makes sense. I could see that. Your ass is going to take the snap and take a knee and get a nice round of applause. Are they going to keep them out there? No, now the regulars are going to come out. Now they're going to get the nice round of applause coming off the field. And Good that, for them. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to go about doing it. And that. here they go off the field. The Scots are the same. They're going to take knees the rest of the way out and run this clock out. But seniors got a chance. Person that stayed out there. I'm not coming off. Yeah. <laughs> and Justin Douglas is standing out there, too, as I'm looking out and trying to catch some numbers on the scouts. Who else is out there? It's uh, Caleb Plattenberger, defense, uh, defender. Drake Dietrich coming off. I like, still, man, I want to stay on there. He had to come off. Well, I still think I would be lobbying to Coach Bond for, hey, just don't let me take a knee. Let, <laughs> let me see how much I can <laughs> gain. I could do. You know, <laughs> let's have some fun. Is it still your ass taking snaps out there? Takes a knee. Nope, that was another one. That was uh, that Reggie was, Willis, a linebacker. Yeah. Is it two? Am I seeing two right? Is it three? Yep, that's... Yeah, Evan Otto's going to come off. Evan Otto's had a great season as well. Yeah. He was, uh, I believe, a defensive player of the week for the Midwest Conference early this season with a couple of interceptions. Yeah, just kind of rotating in and off for the seniors. I'm not sure they've got even ten out there. They need one more out there, I think. I think Dietrich's calling for one more now. Do they have to snap it? Uh, they, they're going to anyway. Yeah, and that is going to be it. Who took the last snap? Drake Dietrich took a snap. <laughs> That's going to end it. The Scots have won the Turkey Bowl for the 22nd year in a row. They will be in possession of the bronze turkey. Uh, let's see if I can get a... So we can get a... Uh, at least a view of the bronze turkey. Not out there yet, I don't think. That'll be, I think, a post-game, uh, post-game deal. Scots win 38-7 to over the Knox College Prairie Fire. They end the season at 8-8-1. Eight, 
and two. They will finish in either second or third. Um, let's see if we can get a score on. Uh, let's see if we can get a score. Lake Forest of the Lake Forest ball game. Let's see if I can uh, punch one up here because that's actually, that's going to be for the Midwest Conference title. Twenty-one nothing. Uh, is that a final? Twenty-one nothing. Uh, late in the fourth. Yep, yep. Late in the fourth. About seven minutes in the fourth. Lake Forest is leading Chicago twenty-one to nothing. So Lake Forest is going to win the, unless something crazy happens there. Twenty-one nothing. Lake Forest is going to win the Midwest Conference championship. They'll represent the Midwest Conference in the national tournament starting next week. They'll get their pairing tomorrow night on the pairing show. For, or is it Monday? Maybe I think it's early Monday for the pairing show for uh, or it might be Sunday. But uh, congratulations to the Foresters, 21 up, and that's one of the only two Scots losses they took. They started the season with a loss to Wartburg and then dropped a game to Lake Forest. What was the score of the Lake Forest game? Yeah, um, 24 to 10 right here at April's Home Memorial Field a couple weeks ago. It was Halloween weekend. They did beat the University of Chicago 40 to 37 head to head, so officially the Scots will finish in second place in the Midwest Conference at 8 and 2. And the Prairie Fire will finish up 3 and 6. They had a game that was uh, canceled against Westminster College in the opening week. Uh, maybe a winnable game for the Prairie Fire, so they would have finished it at uh, um, 4 and 6. And then with a close loss last week, really this, this close to 500 this year. Right, right. Not a, not a bad opening act. Uh, for the Prairie Fire this year and, and Coach Willits. Coach Brown talking to his ball club down on one end and Coach Willis talking to his team on the other. I'm still kind of waiting to see if we're going to have a Browns Turkey presentation. I believe we will. But, uh, of course, the coaches want to talk to their teams. The coaches want to talk to the seniors. It's their last time on the football field. Yeah. Take a quick run through the seniors for Monmouth College. According to this roster I have here, Evan Otto, Justin Douglas, Matthew McMillan, Nate Graham, Tristan Toledo, Jake Uraz, fantastic career for Jake Uraz. Alex Kimmel, uh, going on down the list. Yeah, Caleb Plattenberger, a fantastic career. Uh, Chris Kimball, uh, fantastic career. Um, is, uh, I don't think Devin, uh, Devin Lawrence is just a junior, so he could technically come back. Trey Dietrich, great career. Corbin Personet, enough said there. <laughs> Corbin Personet, a senior. Also, Brandon Garrity, Matt Taley, uh, a great lineman from Monmouth College. He got banged up a couple weeks ago and and had to was was forced to miss the rest of the year for Springfield. He had a great year, Matt Taley, or a great career, Matt Taley. Also, uh, Sebastian Garcia and uh, Mark Thigpen, who we saw uh, made a great play that was all for naught with Again, the penalty. Yeah, <laughs> but he still made the play. And uh, so that's your final, 38-7. to We'll uh, step away. We'll come back with a post-game show. We'll take a look at some scores. I don't think we'll have any final stats. I think there's some some, uh, some stat issues going on here at Monmouth College in the athletic department. Uh, so we'll have final stats. So we'll take a look at some scores around the area. We'll have our player of the game and our defensive player of the game. We'll talk about that when we come back for the post-game show, the Laird's Collision Center post-game show. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to April's Long Memorial Stadium as we put a cap on this 2021 season for the Monmouth College Fighting Scots. They're going to end the year at 8-2 and two after getting a 38-7 win over the Knox College Prairie Fire. Prairie Fire will end their season at 3-6 and six as we start the postgame show. We're all sponsored by Lair's Collision Center. If you have collision damage repair, call Lair's Collision Center 
at 734-1949. They've got something for everyone. Let's get a score in from the Lake Forest-Chicago game with 5.02 left in the fourth quarter. Chicago is on the board, but they still trail Lake Forest 21-6 to with 5.02 left. And that's our score update brought to you by Security Savings Bank, part of your community, part of your life. Member FDIC, also some high school scores coming in from West Central and Bigsville in the eight-man semifinals. West Central trailing Polo 42-6 to at the half. It looks like uh, Polo is going to be, looks like, right here on the right here on the uh, field, right here on April's Own Memorial Stadium, uh, uh, playing for an eight-man state championship again. They are the defending champs from 2019. Of course, didn't have a season last year. And uh, try to, you know, looks like they're going to try to come back, and, and I might pop out here next Friday night and watch the Polo Marcos. So. Well, I was thinking the same thing regardless of who's playing. I mean, this is a good venue right mm-hmm. here. April Zorn is a nice place to play. And our... our uh, our uh, score in from the having the name on Ridgeview Lexington. You have you have that score? Uh, yeah, for our sources, it appears that A Town is down at the half, and that score would be, I believe, I want to say it was thirty-seven to twelve. Yes, thirty-seven to twelve. A Town trails at the half. Having some it sounds like we're having some technical issues over on uh, Sunny ninety-seven point seven WMOI with the uh, broadcast over there. So, uh, hopefully, maybe they can get that resolved and get that game going again. Might be in a kind of a tough cell service uh, area. Uh, plus, I know the guys were outside today up in the pictures, yeah. so uh, they might have just maybe just frozen. I don't know. Maybe. That could very well <laughs> Everything be. just froze, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. But uh, well, tune in to uh, Monday morning sports report. We'll get you caught up on everything that happened this weekend. Uh, a couple things more uh, Spears and Spears Law Office at 201 West Broadway in Monmouth for Estate Planning Trust. And family law, we did not get any final stats here. That's what uh, the uh, Spears and Spears sponsors. So I guess the only final stat that really matters is 38-7. to Monmouth College beats Knox to win the 22nd straight game in this Turkey Bowl series. Wow. Remarkable. Because like you said, you, you take one of those 22 years it, and, it, and it's dead even. Tight. Yeah, yeah, dead even. And they just hit the intent. Uh, Monmouth has ran off the last 22 of them. And That's remarkable. Still haven't seen. I don't. Maybe they don't. I think now that I and I kind of remember. I think they do the Turkey Bowl presentation at the Monmouth Knox basketball game okay. in the winter. I think that's when the official presentation happens. So uh, the Browns Turkey Bowl will stay with Monmouth College, and it'll be presented at the first Monmouth Knox game. Uh, that's that's uh, at uh, Glennie Gym. So it's always a fun night. Well, it's getting too close. To Thanksgiving for a turkey to be making an appearance today. Anyway. <laughs> they probably in hiding till yeah. after, till after the end of November. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Maybe that is what it is. <clears throat> so, uh, just two things left. It's our Dairy Queen Player of the Game and our Clark and Glasgow Law Office Defensive Player of the Game. Normally, we start with the Defensive Player of the Game, but I, I kind of want to save that one for last. So, let's do the Player of the Game sponsored by Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen, or happy tastes so good. Who's our Player of the Game today? <laughs> You're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> are, you know, are we doing all I always leave it to my color guys. I always <laughs> let, them, let them do it. Well, if we did the defensive player of the game first, I think that's a no-brainer. I know where I would go, but I don't want to give anything away. I think what we could do for the offensive player of the game today is... Yeah, we don't have any stats to go by, so right. it's just on our eye test. Right, and, and, and I would like to reward two seniors if we could do... Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, and I would like to go with Jake Urez and Nate Graham. They, they played a well of a ball game today. They were there all day for quarterback Carter Boyer to lean on 
and those two seniors are going to be missed. My my broadcast partner Brent Dugan has handed out probably forty seven game balls this year, so yeah, two today isn't going to make, okay. make a difference. All right. He gave the entire offensive line was was one one time. So, all right, now our defensive player of the game brought to you by Clark and Glasgow Law Office, representing clients in a wide range of criminal defense matters. Visit ClarkandGlasgowLaw.com. Who might possibly be our defensive player of the game? Well, this is probably going to be a shocker, but uh, we're going to go with another senior who is now the sack record holder here at Monmouth College, and that would be Corbin Personette. Just played a well of a ball game today. I think he could have played two games today <laughs> with how much energy he had all on the field. It was fun to watch. Corbin broke the, uh, from Pittsfield, Illinois, a senior, broke the Monmouth College fight. He's got single-season sack record held by Greg Bennett from back in 1989. Uh, fantastic career for uh, Greg Bennett. Uh, and uh, Corbin Personette is your new single-season sack record. I'm not sure. I say we didn't get the final stats, so I don't know if he got three or four today. But he needed he needed one or two coming in, and uh, he broke the record. So so congratulations to to uh, Corbin Personette for breaking the record and for also being our defensive player of the game. Yeah, kudos. I, I I'd like to hang out with him tonight. I'll be gonna <laughs> have a fun special Saturday I know. night. He, he was happy when he broke the record, and, and of course he, he's one of the one of the team favorites. They all they all went over there and kind of gave him a high five, and he was pretty jacked up. So congratulations to uh, Corbin. And what a what a great season the Scots had defensively sacking the quarterback. They into today they were the fourth most in school history, and uh, they didn't hurt their chances of, of moving up with as many sacks as they had today. That's for sure. That's going to do it from April Zorn Memorial Stadium. The season is in the books. We'll see you folks next fall here at April Zorn as we start the 2022 season. Scott's got some. They got some guys coming back. Through. It's college. You're going to lose. You're losing big pieces. The whole the whole key is to replace those pieces, and they've got a pretty good start on it. I think. Yeah, yeah I think so too. So, folks, uh, maybe some high school football next week, depending on if Abigail Awan can come back in their ball game. They were trailing. 37 to 12 at the half, so they got some work to do in the second half. But Central was getting beat by Polo 42 to 6 at the half, so they're in big trouble as well. Regardless, we'll have either football or basketball on the Prairie Communications Sports Network next weekend as we transition into winter sports here at the PCSN. I'm Sean Temple for Tony Wyman and all the guys that had helped me this year doing Scott's football. Mark Meyer joined me. Brent Dugan, of course, joined me for, uh, for several games this year. Uh, thanks to all those guys for for uh, helping bring you Scott's football on Saturdays and all of our board ops as well. Julie Richardson, I uh, had her for a number of games this year. Mark Richardson has joined our board op crew today. Did a fantastic job producing today's broadcast. Yeah, we we would have been lost without him. Absolutely, and and, and now he you know he he's dipped his toes into the water. Yeah, he's now. in. Yeah, he's he's officially yeah. in. He's officially in. He got some good training from uh, from Julie Richardson, the the professor of board hopping. And I'm sure he's had to take an order or two over the course of the years from Julie. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and thanks to everybody. And most of all, thanks to the sponsors for bringing Scott's football to you. Kellogg Printing, Vic Royce Furniture, Warren County United Way, Monmouth Farm and Home Realty, your Monmouth McDonald's, Kehoe Eye Care, Midwest Bank, Stanton Insurance, Farm King, Pickham's Electric, Robert Thompson Trucking, Land Management Partners, Agency Insurance Services, Save-A-Lot Food Stores, Laird's Collision Center, Spears and Spears Law Office, Security Savings Bank, Dairy Queen, and Clark and Glasgow Law Office, and a number of other sponsors. Uh, please uh, uh, 
make a visit to these folks and tell them thank you for helping bring you local sports on the air, that you don't get much of anymore, local sports on the air, and we bring you a lot of it here at the PCSN. All right, that's going to do it. Your final score, Mama 38, Knox 7. Scott's finished 8-2 on the season. Till next weekend, folks, have yourself a great week.